What's up, everybody? I'm Mark. I'm Alex. And this is The Shot Pod. <laughs> all right. How is it going? It's all good. It's all good. I heard that it's actually really good because mandates are gone now. Yeah. So you and I were talking earlier about how we're excited to go see movies. I'm going to go see the Batman soon and I'm going to go see Sonic and uh, Doctor Strange at some point whenever that comes out. Yeah, May 6th, I think. Yep. So excited. So excited. It's going to be a good few months. And then at the end of May, May 20, my birthday is May 26th. And on the 25th, I'm going to get Obi-Wan Kenobi for my birthday. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fantastic. So I got a, it's been a, a lot of announcements. It's kind of cool now that mandates are gone in Ontario that I'm going to be able to go and do these things. Whole bunch of bad shit going on in the world, but there, there's like minor things that allow us to keep a smile on like Doctor Strange or for me being the Evil Dead fan, May 13th, Friday, May 13th, <laughs> Evil Dead, the video game's coming out. Oh, God. All right. There's all, all kinds right. of horror stuff happening, even though it feels like Halloween. There's so much <laughs> stuff going on. When's the, speaking of Halloween, <laughs> what, what, what was the- That's in October, Alex. That's oh, <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for that. <laughs> I meant the franchise, though. We were talking about, they're doing, uh, what's coming out related to Halloween soon? Uh, the, the last Halloween. With Michael Myers? Yes, but that when's it coming out? Uh, Will it be close to Halloween? I don't know. I, th- I think I saw July. Yeah, I, it was. But, it was uh, definitely. It wasn't a Halloween day. That's why I'm. That's the, <laughs> the reason I'm bringing this up. But either way, the next few months are going to be super interesting because specifically for the things we nerd out about. Yeah. Last Halloween movie... Oh, no, it's October 14th. Never mind. Yeah, so, okay. it's, so it is Halloween. Halloween ends, it's called. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah. But uh, the Sonic movie, I saw another trailer. They keep releasing little little pieces of the trailer, and it looks... Apparently, it's 100% announced that Idris Elba will do a series yep. on... Uh, I whatever Knuckles. Paramount, I oh, guess, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. Paramount Plus, whatever Probably. the fuck it's called. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be a series. Now, this is the thing, okay? You got to fucking understand. This is a wet dream for Sonic fans, and I'll tell you why. So, you know, obviously they start out as enemies. Sonic and Knuckles, we don't like each other. As and then they'll be buddies by the end of the movie. I don't mean to ruin the movie for anybody, but if you played spoiler, Son- if you played the movie's not even out, and I'm spoiling it for you. So <laughs> if you played Sonic Three. In the back in the day in the nineties, which came out in nineteen ninety four in March, not that I, not that I know, <laughs> and then Sonic and Knuckles came out <laughs> in November of that year. Then the story is, you know, they'll fight, and then eventually they'll become buddies because they'll realize that the you know Robotnik's using use the Master Emerald to do bad things. Now I don't know what he's going to do. The bad thing he's going to do in the game, he powers the Death Egg. I think he'll just use it to power the big bad machine that you see in it. Um, but the, the the big question is: Is Supersonic going to show up because of the the emeralds? Is yeah. there going to be a Supersonic? So that I think it'll be kind of neat. So in the aftermath of Supersonic, let's say he does show up. Let's say there is, you know, the, the, the Robotnik's contraption gets destroyed, and then him and Knuckles will be like, and a whole know, bunch of animals fly out of him. Oh my yeah. God, freedom! And, and they'll be like, he'll be like, all right, you're not so bad. And he'll be like, you're not so bad either, brother. You know. And then they'll give each other <laughs> yeah. some props, and then they'll kind of like let show those Knuckles <laughs> will go off to was, it, <laughs> was that interesting. Elba is Hulk Hogan. <laughs> You're right, not brother. so bad either, brother. Brother. He's uh they'll be friends, okay? They're gonna be homies, okay? I do kind of picture Hulk Hogan doing 
doing a Knuckles voice. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so they'll be buddies at the end of it, and then Knuckles will go off to do his own series. So as a kid, the comic book did this. After they had a big fight, and Sonic ended up killing Robotnik, actually, in the comic. In the Archie comic, um, Knuckles got his own comic series, like completely separate from Sonic. And they 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 intertwined, and it was always cool when the issues collided. They'd be like, you know, this issue ends and continues in Sonic fifty eight, and then continues in Knuckles number twelve. It was really fun the way they did that yeah. as a kid to follow. Um, but they had this whole thing where Knuckles is the fifteenth guardian of the Emerald, and his dad taught him how to do it. And each one, what happens is they they have a kid, they raise the kid to guard the Emerald, and then they just disappear. The dad's just like they all fucking just disappear and you don't know where they went <laughs> you know what i mean you know you never find out and of course you know until <laughs> knuckles is in his 30s and then he kind of figures it out so there's this there's a whole story of how you become guardian of the of the emerald in there and i'm sure they'll do a different story real different from the comic but it was just like i'm interested to see their take on what they do with that knuckles series and how they, they they say okay why is he doing this and what they do with his story because his whole story of it's about family and protecting that stupid emerald and all this kind of shit it's it, it's cool it's historical and it's full of mystery and it's really it's it, you can just write you can write so much yeah. uh, of it. So I'm, I'm just interested to see how they run with it because I, I know what Archie did with it. And the video game has its own story with uh, Tickal is the little girl echidna from Sonic Adventure 2. Um, and uh, she ends up going to the floating island and releasing Dark Gaia out of the Emerald and that's when Sonic Unleashed happens. So there's a whole story in the games where the emeralds are, are different from the comics and the shows. So, so I'm just, Sonic is constantly evolving like Goku. I, yeah, I just love, <laughs> I'm interested to see what Paramount does with it. Maybe they'll, you know, do what Star Wars has been doing where they take a lot of stories from Mandalorian and Boba Fett and all that and they're taking stuff from Legends, you know, which is none of it's actually none of it counts as canon, but they're taking some of the cool stories and ideas from there. Like people, characters like Thrawn. Thrawn was a, a legends character until the rebels brought him back. Yeah. Um, black chrysanthemum was a rebels care. Uh, uh, a Legends character brought back through new media. Anyway, so I'm wondering if Sonic will do that. They'll take pieces of it, of those different things. The Knuckles clan, which is a comic group appeared in the movie they were the little knuckles that were chasing baby sonic in the beginning uh, everybody who's a fan of sonic pause there was spoilers all over the internet that's the knuckles clan you can tell by the symbol on their head it was in the comic and it was in a several it was in a uh this 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 uh sonic game that's actually got a lot of legal shit around it called the dark brotherhood that was on ds or something it was on a little handheld system and they got sued over it <laughs> because they stole the story from somebody or some shit anyways <laughs> bunch of controversy there but yeah the, apparently they're paying tribute to oh, all that kind of like avatar did to Pocahontas. Very. It, it was a complete. <laughs> I'm wondering, like, what is the, what, what happens in Pocahontas two? Like, that's why I'm curious what they do with the Avatar franchise in these next couple movies. Because like, it is just it's just Pocahontas. Yeah. It was the most boring three hour Pocahontas predictable movie of my life. I mean, the only thing that we didn't see was Zoe Saldana as uh, her character. What was it? Ni Nairobi. Ni I, I don't know. Whatever her name was, singing. Have you ever seen the wolf cry? Yeah. With the blue full moon. Oh shit! The that's the only thing that I, I realized. Now I didn't like Avatar as much as other people. It's because it was Pocahontas with no soundtrack. Oh, there you go. That's so you why, need the soundtrack. You yeah. need the soundtrack. It's like, you know, that's why the new Lion King movie pisses me off because it's like all the colors of the wind. I don't own the rights to those songs, by the way, but we're not getting paid anyway. So yeah, we're not right. making money off Disney. That's all good. <laughs> Disney's making money off us. We're on here going, oh man, check this out. Check that yeah. out. Check out Pocahontas, not Avatar. Well, oh, no, no, you can check out both. Although like if, if you haven't seen either of them, Check out one of them. I mean, it's the same. If you watch both of them, you're going to be like, I just watched the same movie. 
it's I, I remember being in theaters and thinking that and being there everyone was just so into it and there's a few times when I've been in theaters and I've felt that like everyone went oh this is great this is great this is great this is great and I'm in there like this is mediocre like yeah <laughs> and I'm so scared to go see the Batman because I don't know about you but it came out a few days ago and my Facebook is full fucking packed with just the greatest movie ever a masterpiece perfect <laughs> three hours of bliss you will not stop jizzing until one of your testicles implodes this movie is so good Colin Farrell leaps from the screen and blows you in the theater like <laughs> the stuff I'm reading is just like my expectations are so high now like I'm so worried that if I actually go in and see it like I hope it's as good as they say it is <laughs> like well yeah because Avatar, everyone made it out to be the greatest thing ever. I saw it a couple, maybe a week or two after it came out, mostly because I was really into that 3D glasses thing. Yeah. What I was doing was I was I was experimenting with mushrooms and indica marijuana, <laughs> and I would go in and I would do these 3D movies. I saw Up on mushrooms. Oh, such an experience. In <laughs> with 3D glasses, it was great. It was, I love not having children in my 30s. It's great. You get to do these types of things. <laughs> Sorry, not to make Gal jealous, but you know. So, so I was, I don't know. I hope Batman's as good as uh, everyone says it is. So I was streaming uh, a Telltale game called the Bat Batman: The Enemy Within. The Enemy Within, and it's actually a, a sequel. Where's the enemy? It's actually a sequel. Uh, so, but Telltale created their own kind of Batman universe, which is pretty unique. the 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 history of each character is is pretty cool. Uh, in the first story, like you and Bat, uh, you're playing Batman, and you come across first person. Okay, no, it's yeah. not. It's not first person. It's, okay, it's kind of like, it's not even necessarily third person. It's just kind of like story. Like it's it's on the screen in front of you. You move over and you make the choice, kind of thing. And then there's a lot of uh, timed action events, like oh, push Y now, hit B now, swipe up, swipe right, whatever to get out of the way. Fallen Order does that shit too. Yeah, so. One cool thing with that first thing, uh, with that first chapter was, well, not first chapter each, it's like five episodes. So the first game, um, one of the cool things about that is like, you always see like Batman and Catwoman kind of like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing fine, hey. baby. How you doing? doing? And then you get to make the choice. It's like, do I finally get to let them hook up? Yeah. Oh. Done. Oh, they knocked boots waking up in the morning. Oh, shit. No way. How about a coffee? I got to go. Oh, it's like that, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Really? So, yeah, you, you get to have the bat and the cat knock boots. It's like, I don't right. know. I think I would deny that and chase poison <laughs> ivy because of my red That's not an option. That's because so of my you red. You got to go. You got to get Bruce that take, tail. Take with what you can get. I take what you can get. Even mm -hmm. Bruce is going to settle. Yeah. So, in the, so, I was streaming... Uh, chapters one and two of the second game last night. And there were a couple of people that came in, Batman fans. And the first one I was asking, like, okay, who's your favorite Batman? And uh, Christian Bale, whatever. I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, are you going to see the new one? He's like, no, I'm not going to see the new one. I was like, why not? He's like, because it's not canon. I was like, eh. I'm like, everything's being... I don't know if he's been reading, but there's a whole universe. They've got a Penguin spinoff show coming out of this. <laughs> yeah. They've got a Jeffrey Wright in his own Gordon show. Yeah. Like, and, it's going to be a thing. And uh, DC already said, okay, yes, this is in the universe, but it's in Earth 2, and it's Batman Year 2. So, yeah. so it's still in the universe. It's just on the separate timeline. So, like, everything that's happening with Flash, sure, it's just happening on Earth 1, not Earth 2. And to be 100% honest, they're already setting it up so that, that those characters end up... It's, it's going to happen. You're going to see this universe get collided with... Well, Matt Reeves says he doesn't want to 
bring Superman into Batman, which is fine. That's no, but he wants to build a a full trilogy out of these movies, and I'm sure, and I'm sure at some point, you know, they're they're going to keep, like I said, they're going to have TV. So if he's going to build, so that's three movies, and then you've already got two TV shows based off of it, off of the first movie. So I'm sure they'll be sure. I I just they're going to build a whole beautiful universe for it, the same way I hope Sonic movies are doing right now because they're going to have Knuckles is going to have a show, and there's Sonic Prime coming to Netflix, and like I'm just like I love that they're taking these franchises that, oh my God, I hope they do it with Mega Man next. Uh, they do a, like a live action Mega Man movie and build a whole universe around yeah. that. Like, ah, oh, being in my 40s, I might actually like make it to 40 if they start doing <laughs> this shit, you know? So, so the one thing with Telltale Games is that sometimes it gives you a hard choice. So in that first game, there was the possibility of saving Harvey Dent from becoming Two-Face. Oh, no, fuck that. Or... I'd let him. Or... Gotta let him. Saving... Uh, Catwoman. So you're given the choice. It's like, oh, I know what he becomes, and he becomes a thorn in Batman's side, or I could save the girl whose tail I'm chasing. I gotta go with the girl. <laughs> you tell you went with it. I let it. Sorry, bro. I let her. I would have let her. I would have been like, she ain't no poison ivy. I would have let her fall. <laughs> Sorry. So, so in the second game, the the weird thing is, okay, as I said, Telltale does their own kind of spin on the the origin of these villains, and so in the second chapter of the second game. They bring in Harley Quinn. I'm like, oh, there's my lady, Harley Quinn, coming in. Okay, now Joker is in it, but he's not Joker right now. He's John Doe, and he was a, a mental patient, so he still hasn't found himself. Mm. Nobody can figure out the history, which is all right, because Joker doesn't really have a history. But when it comes down to the the relationship between Harley and Joker, she'll she'll still call him Puddin' and all that stuff, but she's not as enthralled by Joker. Not obsessed. Yeah. Okay. So and, and I was just watching the Harley Quinn movie last night, actually, because yeah. it's on Netflix. And yeah, it was kind of funny how they they didn't have Leto to do that, so they just yeah. kept cutting right before you'd see his face or whatever. And yeah. I just loved it. But yeah, I'm in the middle of rewatching that. So it's it's unique because usually it was Joker who just kind of didn't give a shit about Harley, but did like Harley, but act acted like he didn't and would just do his own thing. But now in this game, it's actually. Harley that doesn't really care too much. So she likes Joker, but she's like, he just doesn't know who he is right now. Yeah. And Bruce, you do. So I want Bruce. Oh. I'm all like, uh, uh, he's, uh, he's your puddings over there. Interesting. <laughs> so it's, it's cool. Cause it's created this little arc and you'll see, uh, John Doe kind of notice and he'll look over at you and it'll say like up in the top corner, uh, John Doe's jealous. And it's like, I'm really not trying to make you jealous, but I'm on like an undercover mission. This is hilarious. But I'm on an undercover mission. When did this game come out? Like what, 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 what console was it for when it was new? Cause this sounds fucking hilarious. I got to try this. Uh, it's out for everything. I think. I'll have to see if I can get it on the place, the PS Now thing that I've got. Oh, maybe it'll be on PS yeah, Now. Yeah, I'll go start digging. Yeah. I got blown. I got blown away. I'll. Can I do a? Can I talk talk about my Saturn real quick? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, my old roommate left me a Sega Saturn, and it works. Okay, it plugs into the wall. It's got a controller. It plugs into my TV. I got this big, beautiful flat screen TV from my landlord for cheap, and it's got fucking dubbing cables in the side of it so i have everything it works so i'm like oh my god i had a saturn in 1995 and i played four or five games made a big impact on me so i'd like to get them on on this on this on this you know 
on, yeah. this, on how to get a disc for them. So I start looking online, and I'm like, one of the games I played was called Sonic Jam, and it was like a little greatest hits of some old Sonic games, and it had the remnants of Sonic Extreme that was a cancel game from 1996 in it. And you could play this kind of stupid level. Anyways, I just wanted to play it. $500 on eBay. I was like, <laughs> okay, why? Uh, I guess it's rare. And then I was looking up this game called Nights into Dreams, which was this little, it was made by the same team that did Sonic, the actual team. All the guys that were in the Sonic team that made the original three or four games that were like, fuck, I hate Sega. Like, yeah. fuck this company. Let's go make this cool Nights game. And the three or four idiots that are left in the Sonic team can go make... Uh, I guess it was uh, Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2. So uh, they made this game called Knights about this little jester that fucking like when you fall asleep, he helps you in your dreams. It's kind of weird, but it was a very good game. So I am looking for that $350 and I'm looking for a uh, bug and a clockwork night and some other silly games and not, they're all just Mortal Kombat and they're all just like so and then I go so I go to my local game shop they got $85 for game, a couple games I've never heard of yeah. so yeah this I can't believe so now I'm wondering if I should just sell the Sega Saturn just take it down to one of these shops and want to see if I can get a good buck for it because it works it functions it reads discs and all that shit but like I'm not going to spend $400 on a disc like the Knights game is on the PS now you can just go on for 12 bucks a month or 14 bucks a month. They have a remastered version of it. I can just play it there. Yeah. Like, obviously, the nostalgia of plugging it in and playing the original, I'd like to do. But is it worth $400, $500? <laughs> I, I do not think so. If I would pay $75 to $100 for a disc. That's going to be my limit. I'm only going to do that once or twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not going to do that for every fucking game I want. So, I don't know. Anybody that's listening, if you'd like to send... Uh, texts or emails or anything you know the shot pod search with a zero on facebook or go search online and t tell me what the fuck to do with this saturn or or where to find the games for it that are not a hundred dollars a piece <laughs> or hell you know if you've got any send them over like god i can't i don't know what to do with this thing i'm so you excited ever check uh, facebook marketplace i've looked on marketplace a few times and I, i've never found a single one never had anybody that actually has has any saturn when you search sega saturn games i never got anything come up Tried it a couple times. You got something? Uh, Sega Saturn steering wheel with Daytona 500. Everything works $80. <laughs> that's not too bad, but, but the, I, I mean, don't want to play that, Daytona 500. Yeah, that's with a wheel. Uh, the decathlete, $50. <laughs> yeah, it's, it looks like it came out of a cereal box, that disc. <laughs> you know, none of the games worth playing are, 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 I can find. You know, it's never anything. I guess I'll get desperate and just pick one of these games up for cheap. But even uh, I bet you uh, after a while I'll I'll be able to find. Some. You're gonna so, send me a link for something. Yeah, I'm gonna be like that. I won't be able to say no to. I mean that's that's one thing that anybody who knows me knows. Like, hey, if you're, you're looking for guy? something, ask Mark. Okay, that's why I talked to you today. <laughs> that's why I was like, so I got this Saturn. Mark, 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 Mark. I got this Saturn. Mark, Mark. I got Saturn. I got Mark. I got Saturn. Yeah. I got a Mark. My Mark. Mark. I got a Saturn. Maybe you could help me find games for it. <laughs> Yeah, that but, are, that but, are but our what, shot pod army. What is actually what is actually good in regards to what you were saying in regards to finding games? Like, oh yeah, if you find a game and it's like you know Mississauga or whatever, you know, set it aside. You know, we'll go for a drive, and it's like I'm I'm good with that. I'd be down 100. percent Yeah, if I uh, ever managed to steal someone's car, I got I sold my car, gave up on the vehicle thing there last month, but I'm probably going to get another one in the next few months. So once I get a vehicle going again, I'll be puttering around everywhere searching for these damn Saturn games. I'll be up to Thunder, up to Thunder Bay, going up to Thunder Bay looking for fucking games for this goddamn Sega Saturn. 
Oh, yeah. So today's topic, should we roll into it? Okay, so today's topic, we're going to start off with the 90s. Oh, because last week we were talking about in episode 21, yes. which is appropriate. Oh, yeah, 21, you're first. Yep, and, giggity that, giggity. and jumping into 22 is going to be the 90s. The and 90s. I got to say, we haven't finished talking about the 80s yet. There will be a part two. There, there will be a part two of the 90s of, as well. Of the 90s. We're going to do an early millennium series too. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for the, the early 2000s as well because there's just so much to cover. It's funny because it was 20 fucking years ago Don't now. Don't say that. When we talk about Don't. it. Don't. The 90s are 30 years ago, so what we're about to talk about is a 30-year-old 30, 30 de- decade. It's fucking insane. But yeah, 1990 was over 30 years ago, man. It's weird to even think about these things. Yeah. So we had uh, a huge group of topics to talk about with the 90s that was just like, or with the, the 80s that was just like super fun. So we should probably hit on some of it. What was the... The ni- I was alive for a lot more of the 90s than, than I was the 80s. The 80s, I was a young kid, but like I said, I had so much of my life influenced because, you know, of my, my stepdad and his whole association with the schwa and, okay, and well, the, the nightlife. Well, there's something really, really big I want to talk about in the 90s, and just because it was, it was such a big part of my childhood. So in 1987, actually, uh, there was a first series called Good Morning, Miss Bliss that came out, and it lasted one season. Okay. And then two years later, Saved by the Bell was born off oh. of this show. And so it came out in 1989, and there's four seasons. But that obviously played into the 90s, and the 90s is when I saw it. And it, it was just, it was the coolest thing. And just like... Just like most modern day celebrities at the top of their, their game, there will always be rumors that come out saying, oh, this guy died. And you're like, oh, what? No, what? And same thing with Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell, Mark Paul Gossler got so big as Zach Morris that sure enough, one of those death rumors started spreading. I heard he got into a motorcycle accident, flew under a truck, decapitated. It was a, it was a whole thing. All this crazy. Just like the office fucking thing. That's why I laughed so hard when I saw it on the office and, and Creed uh, and Creed was saying like he was decapitated. I was like, I've heard this story before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody's heard the story. The celebrity that was on a motorcycle, went under a truck and got decapitated. It's so funny. That's so, how I want to go now. That's how I've just decided <laughs> that's how I want to go. Just so people could say bullshit his cap was detained how 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 did alex die well he was on a motorcycle and i uh, just went under a truck and it took his head off bullshit i've heard this story before <laughs> there's no way <laughs> yeah that's what i want so did you ever see saved by the bell of course saved by the bell was one of my favorite shows as a kid um it was it was part of that power rangers price is right um, biker mice from Mars lineup. They were. I remember these shows. That, and the, 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 if you had a day off from school, that because my issue with that show is with Saved by the Bell was that I. It's kind of how ironic. I could. I always missed it because I got out a little later than the other schools because I went to the public school in the South End, and yeah. they used to let us out later than the high school kids and the kids in the Catholic school because we used to go beat them up. Yeah. Yeah, we used to go beat up the high school. The high school kids would come to our elementary school and get fucked up. That's the kind of neighborhood I went. I grew <laughs> up in. It was it was insane. So, and the Catholic kids were just we hated them for sure. So we would get out later, and I could never catch it. So a lot of times it was on a day off or whatever. I would get saved by the bell. But yeah. then the magic of um, syndication happened in the mid '90s, and you could see it this shit when it was being syndicated. When it was you know on other stations and stuff. Yeah. Well, so that's when I actually got to see it. Was when it was in syndicate. So I didn't get to see it in the early. 90s when it was big and new i got to see it um 
post 96 when it was like already a big thing and it was in syndicate. Same thing with like, you know, married with children and a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of other crap that you didn't get. To, Cause I didn't any, have cable. We were poor. Are there any specific episodes that stood out? I can't think of specific episodes, man. It was so long <laughs> ago. I that's like asking me to remember specific episodes of Barney and Friends. Well, okay, so so for me, I actually liked the later years of Saved by the Bell just because the people were more established and and I don't know, just them sounding more grown up would just made the show better. So yeah, okay. so for me, well, actually, I'm sure the act their acting skills were refined as yeah. well. Yeah, and uh, one of my favorite episodes is actually the murder mystery whodunit, where they went to like a dinner theater place, and I do th- remember there was the guy that was all episode. Like, this isn't part of the show. This someone is actually dead. I'm sorry. We're gonna call your parents, and then like they never end up going home, and they have to solve the murder. It was such a good, good, fun episode. This reminds me. I hate to say to say this, but this reminds me of every interview that uh, when I watch BoJack Horseman. Whenever they're interviewing BoJack about his about his '90s show, Horse and Run, and they're like, "Hey, do you remember that time of that one episode? Do you remember the time of that one episode?" I feel like that's us right now. I love it. It <laughs> makes me, although I feel old, it's such a warm, comforting feeling to be like, "Do you remember that?" And I do. Just you talking about the dinner theater episode, like I just close my eyes and I'm there now. Yeah. Like I remember that episode. I remember thinking this is different you know what i mean yeah. like this is they're doing i like that they're doing something different in this show than just the, the regular shit like so, I, I love that so funny thing so when you're talking about uh when you're off from school and, and like and you're sick and you see like the price of right and all that stuff well my mom she watched soaps and i and bet a dollar bob i'm gonna bet a dollar right now <laughs> that Fucker! <laughs> yeah, yeah, or like, oh yeah, I bid two hundred. I'm gonna bid two hundred one. You fucking son of a bitch. Okay, I just, I just want to let you. You just want them to look over and go. <laughs> You're gonna fucking bid what? You just want someone to say something once. I wonder if they did and they just, you know, obviously edited it out. Did somebody ever at one point just go for fuck's sake, sir? Are you serious? Or no, no, I want to change my bid. I'm gonna be two o two. That's not how it works, Dave. I don't fucking care. I'm two o two. Like, did they ever have a problem? Yeah, yeah. So one of the shows that I would end up watching while I was sick, just because my mom. If she wasn't at work and she was at home, it would be like, okay, well, Mark, I'm watching my soaps. <gasps> oh, shit. Are we having a... We're so, going to talk about soap operas. So, oh, I'm going to be so embarrassed so about one, my knowledge. So one of the soaps that my mom watched was The Days of Our, our lives. lives. And so <gasps> I'd sit there and she fucking hated it because I'd be like, who's that guy? What's he doing? Why is, oh, why is he doing in, that? You were why interested? Was, That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. No, good so, for you. Yeah. I got involuntarily. I got like, so that's Victor Newman and he runs everything, okay? No, come here, come here, come here. Sit down. That's Victor. Like I said, that's his son. He's going to run the Newman Enterprises one day. And I was just like, pay attention. Okay. No, okay. Okay, mom. Is that, is that, what's her name? Nikki? Very good. That is, you're very, you get to have breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Days of our lives. The days of our lives. That, that, was, a, that was a big show. And then, at the time, there was a character on it named Austin. So when going back to Saved by the Bell, this actor shows up on Saved by the Bell. I'm like, <laughs> you're like fucking what? Austin. Uh, am I fangirling over a soap opera male star right now? Yes. Do you know, what? I'm like, that's fucking Austin on Saved by the Bell. Oh, wait, he's trying to break up Zach and Kelly. Fuck oh, this guy. Oh no. And Kelly's actually choosing him and crying outside of prom saying, I'm sorry. It's, it's uh, I didn't mean for it to happen. It just kind of happened. And I'm like, oh, my God. 
I thought this show was supposed to take me away from my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, man. Um, I had the same thing because, uh, just like I was talking about. So my mom was my mom was the young and the restless. It yeah. was, I, I did see Days of Our Lives, and I I, I saw. All I mean, you can't forget that theme song though, because no matter, like, even though my mom didn't Which watch theme the, song, the young and the restless. My, yeah, even though my mom didn't watch <laughs> the young and the restless, it just starts off like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that piano riff. And they would all have this hilarious look on their face as they turned around to look at the camera, just like, oh, hey. <laughs> you know, like, I love it. No, but I remember uh, Victor Newman, the main guy who's still in that show, his name was like Eric something or other he's a, he's a pretty famous dude yeah. now he used to be I remember he was in Zeller's commercials forever he was like the <laughs> Zeller's spokes guy oh, back Zellers. in the day oh, back so 90s so 90s yeah. this show I love it but um so his son in the show Nick was in a band called Three Deep this <laughs> super super ah I gotta say something PC super 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 soft <laughs> boy band let's call it that called Three Deep Three deep. It was three guys, very much like, uh, you know, very, very much like Savage Garden style, Backstreet Boys. You know, three deep. You know. fucking oh do. Tamara knows three deep, don't you? And you, did you know Nick, the guy who plays Nick Newman, was the main singer in that band? I don't really remember. Okay. So, anyways, I remember seeing the video and just being like, I, I knew right away. I'm like, yeah, mom, get in here. Look, the guy from your fucking show. He's on my music station. Like, and then she's like, it kind of, is this a crossover episode? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I fucking love it. Like, yeah. So it was, I kind of like when you see people from, cause there's a guy from Young and the Restless who played this psycho character named Kevin. Uh, he came in Kevin Baldwin. Oh my God. I can't remember. I believe I remember these <laughs> characters names. Kevin was Michael Baldwin. The, the who's the Newman's lawyers, crazy son who would kill people and do crazy stuff, and they'd have to cover yeah. it up. He was in an X-Men movie. And I remember <laughs> being the, doing the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV yeah. and, and being like, it's Kevin from Y&R. <laughs> you know, I, and he actually had a pretty good career. He's been in a bunch of other shows and he's still every few years pops up and plays crazy. Crazy Kevin on the Y&R. I found out from my mom just the other day because I was at my mom's place maybe a month uh, month ago. Yeah. We were having a glass of wine, chilling out at her place, and I was downloading some um, <laughs> downloading some perfectly legal content <laughs> <laughs> because she has unlimited internet and I have to pay by the gigabyte. Yeah. And uh, when I was and she was watching Y&R and I was like, "Holy fuck, is that Kevin?" She's like, "Yeah." She watches it on globaltv.net now and she can watch it whenever she wants. It's just so funny. Like when I was a kid, it was like plot me in front of this little cathode ray fucking TV at tw at one o'clock and be like, if you're taking the day off school, then you're watching Victor and Nikki with me, you little bastard. Like we went from that to me being over there, you know, stealing some free internet yeah. and her, her being like still 40 years later. Like yeah. she started watching that show when I was in her belly. When I was in her belly, you know, like for reals. And then it's all these years later and fuck half the characters, the ones that aren't dead are still, still on the show. Yeah. So people can talk shit about soap operas all they want. Bottom line is, is people, they must pay well and they must love their job because almost everyone that's on those shows stays on them. Writers, uh, producers, so and actors. I was, I was just going to talk about they this. Stick and, around and that's, a long that's time. actually what I was Googling. Or is was, it just that they're so bad they can't work anywhere else? It could be that. But so you look at uh, Brendan Ruth, otherwise known as... Uh, the replacement for Christopher Reeve Superman, he was on One Life to Live. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then there was even uh, from Blue Mountain State, the guy who played as Moran, his name's Darren Brooks, and he was on The Bold and the Beautiful. I swear Jeffrey Wright was in soap operas before Jeffrey Wright was big. I could be wrong. Don't hold me to that. But I, I rem- vaguely remember thinking at some point, oh, yeah, Jeffrey Wright. I remember. I think he was on ER. Is that considered a soap opera? George no. Clooney was also on ER. No, that's, yeah, not, that's a not a soap opera. opera. That's just a medical show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a. Yeah. But I'm sorry, I've watched Grey's Anatomy, okay, ladies, and it's a fucking soap opera. The level of acting, <laughs> writing, and production is act. It might even be. I think the YNR might be better with acting, writing, and production than than uh, than Grey's Anatomy. I'm sorry. So, am I about to be hunted down with 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 picks and forks and burned at the stake? So, one thing I want to talk about. So you're not like a super duper Friends fan. But in Friends... It's still a good show. I'm not shitting in, on it as a but show. But in Friends, Joey Tribbiani, he uh, he played as Dr. Drake Ramore on uh, Days of Our Lives. Awesome. So he good was for Days him. Of lo- our if I was life. an actor and anyone had a fucking clue who I was and I got an opportunity to be an extra on YNR or on Days of Our Lives, you think fucking bo- or Bold and Beautiful? Is that just this all around? Fuck, boom. In a second. Heartbeat, I'd walk on. So what I love about that... In Just Friends, to say I did it. What I love about In Friends is, yes, they actually brought like celebrities from Days of Our Lives to have like a rooftop party in Friends. And so Joey Tribbiani's like, yeah, I'm just having a couple of my coworkers over. We're going to go up to the roof. We're going to have a party, okay? But the funny thing is, so there is uh, a couple storylines for Joey Tribbiani where like he comes and he's like, I'm getting a new brain. And it's like, and Ross starts making fun of him like, what? That's impossible. Funny thing, Days of Our Lives actually ran with that storyline. Like, I ended up seeing it in an episode later. I'm like, wait, what? Like, he probably pitched it. He's like, yeah, if I'm going to be on the show, I get this idea. Dude, I'm telling you, I love that, man. I think that's awesome. Like, how do you give somebody a new brain? That's just a new identity altogether. Yeah, no, but in, but, but in, uh, but in those, they'll be like... They lobotomized so and so, and now they're another person. Yeah, and now, everyone will just now go with Susan it. Susan Sarandon's a man. Yeah, and everyone <laughs> just goes with it, you know. Or you know what? So and so's dead, and then they show up a month later because they had a baby or something like that, or they had a leave of absence on the show, and it's their twin sister. Yeah, so that's not Mark. That's Mike. Oh shit! And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? And but everyone just accepts. Oh, that's Mike, even though they're completely identical. So I mean, and here's the funny thing. So this this story arc in Friends is a believable soap opera storyline. So Joey comes in saying he's going to get a new brain. So his character, Dr. Drake Ramore, he ends up getting fired from the show and has to fall down an elevator shaft. So him getting a new brain... <laughs> so him getting a new brain is his body... is Amazing. Put, his body is put in a body cast. But in the episode that he's in with Susan Sarandon, Susan Sarandon's character ends up dying, and then he gets Susan Sarandon's brain... In in his body, so he comes back, and now he's this girl's mother in Joey Tribbiani's body as Doctor Drake Ramore. Amazing, amazing. And that is such a typical storyline. That's the most '90s storyline I've ever heard in my life. Right? Like, I'm so excited just to even talk about it. Fuck, man. Back when writers knew how to write, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Now look at this shit we're getting. Avatar, Pocahontas remade a thousand billion dollars so, over. We, we, <laughs> we mentioned we mentioned uh, horror movies and good year for horror movies. I don't know if it's coming out this year, but there is an Exorcist remake oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's coming out. But what I want to know is, I mean, are they planning to, to go balls deep? Like, 
Like the first one, they better not CGI a single goddamn thing. Then, so like the first one, I mean, that had people throwing up in the theaters, running out terrified. Like, I hate to talk like that though, because in those days it was revolutionary because no one had done it before. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But that's why I'm saying, are they going to go balls deep? Are they going to do something different well, that hasn't what, been this, seen? This is why I still believe in genius. Okay, and I believe in it because in 1977, Ridley Scott scared the fuck out of the world with alien and people that saw the scene where the camera pans <laughs> left and right and then behind her and then when she turns the last way there's the alien looking at her <laughs> i'm gonna get you with my big mouth but now i'm gonna get you with my uh, it's mouth. actually more like <laughs> i was doing those two in the family guy went, i'm gonna get you with my little mouth now yeah. <laughs> you know that scene it just terrified the world was like that's how you make a movie and then 30 years later, or 2014 or 13, 2012, 2012, however many years later that is, in 2012, <laughs> Ridley Scott puts out Prometheus, and I'm like telling my sister about the first time I saw Alien on this crazy scene, and I made her watch the scene with the, where the fucking yeah. little aliens in her belly, and the little machine pulls it out, and it's trying to kill her, and she had the same experience. Yeah. So it is possible to take a franchise and just give it that little kick in the ass and little... A uh, bit of creativity to make it just as scary as it was. You just have to know how. Yeah. Ridley Scott knows how. I, I I hope the people that are making this Exorcist movie have that same intuition because yeah. I believe it is possible. When people say, "Oh, they're redoing this," sometimes redoing it does turn shit. You're right. I didn't like the Jay and Silent Bob reboots and remakes and none of that shit. There's some things I'm not digging, but I dug when they took Prometheus and 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 yeah. we're like, let's re get this Alien franchise and give it a little little little, little spunk, a little new 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 age. And it was awesome. And really, Scott brought it brought it back to life. So I'd like to see them do the same thing. So, in, it, so talking about that, um, another movie that came out in the '90s from Wes Craven was uh, Scream, creation from Scream, and and it was funny because it poked fun of movies and horror movies and made fun of the horror movie genre, setting going by the standard rules, and then stepping outside those rules for this for this film. So we just watched the new Scream, which is essentially Scream 5. Yeah, Scream 5. Yeah. Which, and Scream. I like the Scream franchise because they don't overdo it. They yeah. don't sell too much of it, right? There's only been five, and it's a 20-year-old franchise. Yeah. I like that. So Scream... So Final Destination, take note. So Scream 5, I mean, I liked, but there were a lot of inconsistencies. Okay. So, so there were things that they just didn't think about. So, the, uh, so I guess a character that was in other stream, Scream films ends up playing like a sheriff. And then when there's a threat to her son, she's literally on the radio. All units converge on my house. And she races back. And uh, I'm not going to get get into the stories of, uh, of what happens. But I can tell you this. The fucking units didn't converge on her house. No fucking cops came. Okay. People died. No cops came. It's like, oh. What about all the where cops the fuck? called for? Exactly. Uh, plot holes are, it's hard to watch movies with. That's why I struggled so much when we went back to see The Dark Knight. You know, and I was just like, how do you get out of the cave? <laughs> what the fuck? 
Like that plot, you, there's just some movies the plot hole's so big even an idiot like me can see it. That's not good. Yeah. I'm pretty good at just being like <laughs> rose colored glasses. <laughs> I did not see it coming in the village when that little redhead bitch was yeah. actually alive during the modern times. So that's how bad I am at movies. Okay, I did not see it coming. It was like I was like, what? I stood up and was like, this is so good. People were like, buddy, I was, I was 45 minutes ago I figured it out. Not me. This is brand new information. So if I'm the, complaining uh, about your plot hole. Yeah. Y'all gotta fucking write yeah. that script better. So exactly. So that's so plot holes aside. Overall, it wasn't bad. Okay. Uh, it it had uh, plenty of gore, like oh, like excessive gore for for a screen movie, which was was really good, I, and, and I enjoyed that. But the new Saw movie was like that too. Yeah, and, and they're make, they're making a new one. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm a big Saw fan. I know it's another over. And I, <laughs> when we were talking about making too many movies, you're like, hey, Scream only made five in twenty years. Yeah, Saw. Take note. So so I'm at work. And uh, and my coworker, but I do love them. And I'm at work, and my coworker's steaming this this carpet on a condo, and I'm kind of behind him, pushing around this portable portable machine. I'm just laughing to myself, and he's like, "What are you laughing at?" I was like, you <laughs> "You're one of those crazy I, guys." I was like, "Do you remember? Do you remember in the office where uh, Ryan Howard asks Dwight, did you see Saw?" And he's like, "Of course I see Saw. I see Saw with Moe's all the time." <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, did you see the movie Saw? Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you worry me more every week. We talked the other week about how your brother walked in on you and you were fast asleep to horror, yeah. the sounds of horrible things happening on the TV. Like, stop, please. And then there's 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 Mark. Oh, no, more cookies. No, more cookies for me. <laughs> you know, okay, so, and you said your brother found you like that. I was like, I would have killed you. Yeah. I would have ended you in that moment because you are a scary fucking dude. Okay, <laughs> that, and just with headphones on, cleaning the floors at work, and then Manai. <laughs> Do you remember that time on The Office? Like, that's another reason to be scared of you. Like, you're freaking me out, bro. You know how we were planning to have a sleepover? I don't think we can. I don't trust you not to murder me in my sleep anymore. Okay, I can't get hammered and pass it on your couch on your birthday in May. I don't know if we can do it. I don't know if we can do it. Anyways, <clears throat> back to the 90s. We're talking about shows. Yeah, so we, <laughs> we still touch on Scream. Scream, Saw, also 90s. So movies. We're on movies, 90s movies. Because movies, t oh, so much 90s media that just made my life. Um, if we're going to keep talking, I mean, 1992, Batman Returns. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, Batman killed someone. I mean, Batman's rule is he don't kill nobody. In first 10 minutes of that movie, he kills somebody, and I loved it. I loved so it. So recap the killing? He shows up when the penguin steals that little baby downtown yeah. uh, from uh, Christopher Walken. And uh, he just gives this guy a bomb that he had set and pushes the guy into a hole, and then the bomb <laughs> goes off. And then he smiles about it, and then he walks away. And it's like, wow, wow. It's very so. So I, just, I wanted to recap that because anytime anybody's like, Batman doesn't kill anybody. Michael Keaton's the best Batman ever. They, then they, like, they, oh, okay. they talk about it like it's gr it's a grim scene where he's like, I'm going to take your life. Sing! Like That's not how it happens. He gives him a bomb. Um, a very comical bomb of dynamite back hands it to him and it's yeah. very calamity coyote versus the roadrunner style of <laughs> slapstick comedy and then yeah. the guy falls back down into the sewer and it blows up and yeah. batman gives a smirk and moves on with his fucking day and uh the girl the, the the great danny elfman gets the orchestra to go wah, wah, and we move on with the fucking <laughs> yeah. we move on with the with the scene so it's not savage uh, but it is there's no kill rule that was kind of go back on it. Yeah. So anyways, point of that story is that just that, was, that movie for me, you were talking about 
scenes in a movie when you were a young boy traumatizing you in a way that as, a, as an adult is it's laughable. Uh, this is actually weird to talk about. Hard to talk about. The scene where Michelle Pfeiffer destroys, she gets real fucking fed up. She comes home and she destroys her apartment. She's listening to the machine. Yeah. And she just goes off. And the music. I think part of it is Elfman's soundtrack. Elfman is, is a god amongst men, in my opinion. And his soundtrack is part of what made... like I, I think people highly underestimate movies, Burton's movies specifically, yeah. how much he brought life to... Beetlejuice and the Batman movies because it's just a big part of why those movies make you feel creepy is because of his and then we're going to get nerdy here his ability to take the Mixolydian the Phrygian and the harmonic minor scale of Baroque opera and Renaissance classical music yeah, yeah I know it's a mouthful but those specific things I just described he takes them and if you look at the music to Batman and Beetlejuice and the the, the, the notes he's hitting and the and the way the violins are hitting and the way the bass comes in oh Edward Scissorhands one oh, of the best Scissor, another one Edward Scissorhands soundtrack wise another one that was brought to life through Elfman and I just oh I'm a, I just love it I love yeah. and he he is and a big part of why that that scene with Michelle Pfeiffer she just destroys the the the, the answering machine she beats the shit out of it and this might seem fucked up, but as a young kid, uh, to take out my frustrations on life, I used to have this obsession with taking hammers and electronic equipment, VCRs, old TVs. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You know, Walkmans. And I'm the second one. And I went, oh, buddy, that's why we get along, my friend. And I would go out into like the school parking lot and bash it with a hammer just to see all the shit inside. It was cool, but it was also satisfying to destroy things. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyways, in that scene when she destroys everything and then takes all of her stuffed animals. I had a lot of stuffed animals as a kid. They were my buddies. They all had personalities <laughs> names i loved them all i loved them all so much and she stuffs them in that garbage disposal in her sink yeah. and she turns it on and destroys them all and i i was a little kid i was like oh my god <laughs> like i could not imagine someone destroying all my stuffed animals on me i had a sonic i had a bugs bunny don't touch them leave sonic <laughs> yeah. and bugs alone yeah. like it was devastating but that that movie changed me as a kid because it just it got me so, in touch with darkness as, so as you and were, music so yeah as you were saying like elfman He's a master at adding emotion to a scene with his music. That's actually what makes so good. That's actually what makes Edward Scissorhands more sad than it is at Agreed. the end. Because if you watch that movie with no music, it's like a joke. Yeah. It really would be fucking yeah. comical. You're yeah. right. You're right, Mark. Oh, he's he's I love Elfman and you know, he also wrote The Simpsons. They're like, yeah. If you have any issues with Elfman, he wrote the Simpsons theme. He's written uh Spider Man. Oh, yeah, he's written some of the greatest shit ever. And um, he's only uh, I believe he's doing uh, Doctor Strange as well. Hans Zimmer is the only man I will give more credit than him. Maybe. Maybe. And Zimmer's it's on par, probably. John Williams is pretty good, too. <sighs> I mean, you have, the, like, the top names. I give, yeah. But Elfman should be there, too. I, the so Elf, Elfman and Williams yeah. and him are on the par. They're all on par, I'd yeah. say. They all belong in the same rock and roll classic music heaven. But, yeah, um, Batman Returns. Obviously, now... I was there for opening night for Batman Forever. Now, I don't like... <laughs> Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, but I was there and it was a part of my childhood and I, yeah. I, I got to give some props to Shoemaker. I just liked the, uh, the, McDonald's, the McDonald's glasses. Like the at, cops! Like at this time in, in the 90s, like the fast food franchises, I they fell the in line. I had the with the Riddler's question mark. Yeah, they fell in line with Hollywood releases. So like Batman, you had like the glass cups with the handles and yeah you could get uh you get two-faced you get the riddler like so many things even when lord of R lord of the rings came out like you were able to get like goblet style 
glass cups that actually came with a separate uh, piece that you stick in the bottom and turn the light on to shine this through makes the me cry. And it's again, it's just fast food uh, franchises selling but what, shit. The, the greatest McDonald's toys of all time were when, and this is a beautiful segue, was, yeah. when, was when they were pushing Sonic 3. Do you know the reason that Sonic the Hedgehog 3 was not one game. It was two games, three and Knuckles, right? Yeah. Sonic 3 came out and it was only six levels. Yeah. And it was very obvious that it was a half game. And then you used to, back in the night, if you don't know... <laughs> then you couldn't get DLC, but there was an expansion. This, this is what you would buy the cartridge for Sonic and Knuckles, which came out eight months later, and you put the Sonic 3 cartridge in it. You snapped it in. It was called Lock-On Technology. And, and you could play both games as it was originally to be presented. Do you know the single... Only reason why the fuck that didn't happen. Do you know? No. McDonald's. Oh. The McDonald's, they had a contract with Rotten Ronnie's, and that clown motherfucker walked into Sega and went, <laughs> very Mickey Mouse style, and went, <laughs> okay, guys, I know you're you're way behind on making your Sonic game, okay, and we have a schedule. We're going to put these 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 action figures out with little Sonic <laughs> and little Knuckles, <laughs> oh, boy, and little Tails, <laughs> and they're coming out in, in April. But the game's not going to be ready until Christmas, you see. And then he broke everyone at Sega's kneecaps. This is not fucking acceptable! <laughs> and basically, they were like, oh, we're so sorry, Mr. Mouse! Oh, fuck, a piece of don't break our kneecap! Because they're all Japanese, okay? <laughs> they're not in a good place. And then Mr. Mouse went, all right, you motherfucking Japanese assholes! You better do what I say before we come over there and drop another bomb! And it was just a horrible, horrible situation. And everything was bad because Mickey Mouse is evil, evil motherfucker. Okay, so that's what happened, and they split the game into two. That's why Sonic was Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. That's yeah. the whole story, because McDonald's literally were like, we're not fucking running these toys if you don't meet our deadline. And they said, fine. And they pumped out Sonic 3, art and everything. Like, get it done in a week. Like, it's called Sonic 3. We'll, we'll come out with a name for the next one. It was all very, and it was done because McDonald's played their hand and said, if you don't do it, we're not, gonna back, we're not going to back up your game. And let's be honest, I had every one of those <laughs> fucking things as a kid that was a good move i am proud of sega good for them for saying you know what give them six levels finish it put it in a cartridge it, it, it's not going to be as good as we want but it's going to be part of something bigger we'll make that clear it was genius of them to take that circumstance and turn it into it was a win because now they sold two games at eight million copies a piece yeah. instead of one yeah. so it did work out but they had to have evil rotten ronnie come in there and fucking swing his fucking big dick around <laughs> So some other major classic McDonald's toys would be the Fraggle Rock cars. They had the best micro machines too. They had a lot of limited Fraggle Rock. And then, of course, the Muppet Babies. Like they were huge. That might be before your time. That like Muppet I had some Muppet Babies. Like early, early, early 90s. They had another thing that was like a Muppet Baby right at the end of the 90s when I was a little old, but my sister was born called... Beanie Babies? They they Beanie be Babies are still a thing. Yeah, but be they had they had McDonald's exclusive ones in oh. like 98, 99. Yeah, you remember this Temeridal? You you yeah. But yeah. Okay, cuz I just thought maybe the kids were one of the kids were somebody's kids were. They had Beanie cuz my sister was like, "We're going to McDonald's." <laughs> For the Your sister sounded like Hulk Hogan too. <laughs> We're going to McDonald's, brother. Hi, Olivia. Speaking with that voice oh, right there, another big 90s hit, Bobby's World. Hi, <laughs> 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 
Hi, hi, Bobby. What are you doing? I'm doing Howard. Good. What's his name? Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. Yeah. <laughs> mind fart. Nineties yeah, mind exactly. fart. Classic show. Watched it every morning. Also, all right. Let's not forget about Jaleel White. Did I do that? <laughs> Who was also the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog and the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and the Sat AM show. <laughs> a huge show when I was a kid. Talking about movies and franchises and TV shows. Blue Streak speeds by. Sonic the Hedgehog. Such a good song. <laughs> I remember first coming across Married to Children. It's like, oh, what's the show oh. about? Somebody who doesn't care. What do you mean doesn't care? Well, like, doesn't care about what? Anything. What does that mean? Just and then, and then, like, the fat this, jokes. Bro. Yeah. So, so, like, okay, that would not last today. Just where he walks in, he's like, hey, pig. Fat woman came into the shoe store today, and it's like, <laughs> all right. And automatically, that would have been canceled. Right I there. love it, though, man. Yeah, it's, it's so su- funny. It's such a good show. What blows my mind is when you go back and watch. I was just watching a fucking Al's Greatest Hits YouTube collab- like thingy <laughs> the other day yeah. uh, from Mary Beth Children. you call me a chicken? Uh, and I just, the, it's the women that are in the show. Yeah. Like, and these days, like, the those girls would all get together and sue him oh, yeah. to death. But you got to think, like, they went out. They auditioned. They read the line. They got paid. They got no, but they're they got to think of the process to get on that yeah. camera, and then they get then there's the actual. I mean, yeah, delivery. But, but, but like going into the role, it's like okay, but you know, is, you you know, you're going in to get made fun of, yeah, right? Oh, they that's what I'm saying. So they know what they're getting into. They've done it in rehearsal. They've been you know in a room with just some people reading the script, going, "You are a fat cow," and now she has to give her line back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they know what's coming. There's nothing new. So now they're on camera. They meet the guy who plays Al. I can't remember his name. He's in Modern Family now. Whatever. Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill, sorry, yeah. He's an awesome, amazing actor, fucking hilarious dude. So he shows up, and now they do the scene. They do a bunch of takes. Like, did it ruin the women's lives? Like, to, to have the joke made at them? Like, these days, they'd be like, you can't say that. They're going to go home and hang themselves and all this shit. And, and, it's, it's, and, and I, I agree, maybe we shouldn't be so mean. But back in that day, they just looked at it like this really great opportunity to get on TV, and it might help my acting career or whatever. Well, okay, so this... No, but look, I, th- what I'm saying was, is there wasn't probably... Was there a lot of opportunity for bigger women to get on TV in the 80s? Was going on and having Al kind of rip on you not kind of the ultimate opportunity for that? Did they look at it like, like, did those women go home and go, oh, I feel so shitty about myself, the way people would now, or did they go home and go, fuck, I got a good chance to get on TV, even though I kind of had to get made fun of really shitty in order to get there. For me, it's a moral thing. It's like, was it good or was it bad? I don't know. It's a weird thing because I look back and I I laugh, man. I laugh at those jokes. I laugh at the show and it's good comedy and it's good TV. Am I a shitty person for even laughing at those scenes? I don't know. Because it was an opportunity for those girls to, 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 to move Depend, up. Depends on how PC you are. I mean... I'm not very, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's essentially meant to be taken at face value. I mean, old like especially older era shit, it's like, just take it at face value. This is what it is. We know everybody has feelings. We know everybody's a human being. But, but I do miss fat jokes. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm just like, those are good jokes, and I wish we could still get away with some of that shit because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But I also understand the insensitivity to it. So I don't know. Sometimes I just wish we all had a bigger, bit of a thicker skin. But I understand the development to get where we are now because there was a lot of shitty with that humor and our ability to giggle at it behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. It's where the shitty dark stuff comes from. So it's just too bad that you can't, you got to have all that shitty dark shit with it. Bojack gets into that. You know, there's a lot of, <laughs> but it does. It's a, it's a good show because it talks about girls not getting the same opportunities men get in Hollywood or having to do something that men shouldn't have to do. You know what I mean? Like that's, well, a, that's a big topic in there. And there's, you know, the, there's also a lot of bad shit happened. A lot of drinking behind, back 
backstage in the 80s when Bojack was young that now he gets ridiculed for when he's older. He gets hung out to dry because he had a drink with like one of the 14-year-old cast members. Yeah. You know, but back in the 80s, no one gave a fuck. They were smoking cigarettes with the 14-year-olds. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm kind of drawing that. It's just interesting how, how things change. And I just always wonder, if is it for the better? Or is it sometimes for the worse? Has it made us too sensitive? Well, when when you look at as okay other shows in the '90s, so you had like Married to Children, which was more controversial, but more then, and more late '80s. But then you had uh, well, no, no, uh, like it started in the, the the '80s, but it went on for what till '96, nine, nine, ten seasons, like yeah. yeah. So it went for a good chunk of the '90s. But then you have stuff like uh, like Fresh Prince. Where that is comedy, but then you had those few serious episodes that Very talked serious. about like dad issues, today. dead parent issues. Oh, all even kinds even of just being in the wrong neighborhood issues, like yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah, a lot that of race, was, a lot of race stuff. Yeah, and of course, speaking of the nineties, Uncle Phil was also the voice of our friend the Shredder, Shredder. from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> also, another nineties show that was a massive influence on me. If we're going to talk about, you know, uh, I already talked about how bad, you know, Batman. What was the all that influence that Batman Returns and Batman had on you as a kid just carried into the animated series with Kevin so, Conroy so and when, Mark Hamill as oh, the Joker. Oh, yes, yes, for sure, for sure. So little little uh, thing. So this actually kind of sparked and grew my interest in the Joker. Uh, so when I was little, I, I mean, you and I, we both have the, the same, like, we were devil children. Yeah, yeah we, we, we did like <laughs> and, bad and things. So, and we so, liked the Joker because we saw an adult version of ourselves. But when <laughs> but when I wasn't misbehaving and there was, there was one, like, I guess... Yeah, that, that on Mondays when I was too tired to fuck the dog, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, there, I guess there might have been, like, a week or something like that that went by where I wasn't misbehaving, and my mom thought, you know what? You know, he hasn't been so bad, so I'm gonna actually give... <laughs> they give, all learn the hard way. They, gonna, they should I'm, never reward us. <laughs> I'm gonna reward him. And she came home with a Joker toy. You silly bitches. From like the 1989 Batman, the Joker toy, the Jack had, Nicholson toy. Yeah, and so nice. so I mean, it didn't actually look like Jack Nicholson. I mean, I know there was a Jack Nicholson version of it, but there was it looked like a regular comic Joker. It oh, was okay, still, okay, it was based on the comic Joker. Yeah, okay, and, and he had, uh, but even this is where the movie's influence come in. He still had the flower that shot stuff, so yes. a tube hooked up to his back that went to a little pump and you just you just pump water out that flower. Yep. And uh, I think I remember this toy. Yeah, so I was like I was phenomenally blown away. I'm like, "Oh my god, I got something?" Yep. It's like, "Yeah, you've been good." And so like automatically right there I'm like, "I have to idolize Joker, obviously, because <laughs> I I was rewarded with He's Joker. He's a complete for- sociopath. <laughs> yeah. This is why you fall asleep to yeah, exactly. Falls asleep to these noises. <laughs> yeah. Because and the so, Joker so was every, here. Was so ever since boy. then, I mean, I, I did like, I actually did enjoy the 60s Batman with Adam West. I did too. I Cesar will admit, Romero. because Batman was so serious for me, I loved watching Kevin Conroy and I loved watching the evolution of the series because they, eventually they brought in Robin and they gave him a backstory and the episodes continued to do each other. Like reboot, you know? It was like all these shows kind of just started doing that all at once for me yeah. and I love that and it became a big part of what influences my love of media as an adult. Why I love certain shows but continuity and <laughs> connections and like you were talking about the Deadpool game and how you're on this funny little sofa or jumpy castle yeah. and then that later on in the game you end up on the jumpy castle the guy you pushed out of the window or something yeah. and you're like that type of shit just gets me 
and it gets you because the nine. I think the nineties was when that became a thing. It was like let's tie it in, let's bring it around. Shows like He Man and Transformers experimented with it when we were young in the eighties. Yeah. But it was shows like Batman, Spider Man, X Men. You know the Marvel shows yeah. um, that were out at the time. Um, and and what else, what else? and reboot was one of them. I'm trying to think of I don't know the other American. You know the Transformers continued into Beast Wars. That was all continuity driven. You know episodes. Yeah. You if you missed an episode and you went to watch it the next week, even The Simpsons. Remember who killed Mr. Burns? Yeah. What's the what is a fucking more '90s thing <laughs> to talk about than who killed Mr. Burns? Do you remember that fucking summer when oh, that yeah. motherfucker died? The marketing behind that, yeah, it was huge. Everybody was at school talking about. You know, I remember. School started on the 3rd or the 4th, and it was like, are you going to, do you want to find out who killed Mr. Burns this week? Because they finished it in April or May, and yeah. they weren't going to reveal it until the season started that September Labor Day weekend, yeah. Labor Day weekend, or the, the weekend after Labor Day. And it was so exciting to find out who it was. And it was, uh, who was Maggie, right? Maggie ended up doing it. <laughs> and he even pointed at WS <laughs> on the on the clock, yeah. and that's why everybody thought it was... Um, um, uh, his assistant Smithers. there. Yeah, Smithers. Waylon, Everyone thought it was Waylon Smithers, Smithers, but it was Maggie Simpson. Spoiler alert for anybody who just woke up from a coma or something. But yeah, um, uh, that was such a big... Someone is getting out of a coma like, what? who killed Mr. Who killed Burns? Mr. Burns? Wait, I want to watch it. it. Nobody spoil it for me. Oh, what's this podcast? The Shop Pod? Oh, let's check it out. What's Wait, a podcast? What? Wait a minute. First, they'd be saying, what's a podcast? Okay, yeah. that's what you're... Oh, the radio's gone and this is cool now? Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. but who? that's the most 90s thing I think we could talk about as as men who killed Mr. Burns. That was, that was huge when we were kids. And talking about it and with your friends all summer, who yeah. do you think did it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, shit, man. And ba- now, these days, it's like Disney has to hold Chris Evans... <laughs> And Chris Hemsworth at gun and Robert Downey Jr. at gunpoint in a van in the jungle and be like, "You can't reveal the ending to the Infinity War, or we will find your children." And that's the only <laughs> way to keep a spoiler from coming out. But back in those days, all they had to do at Fox was say, uh, "We're sending out a letter. Don't tell anybody about what happens at the beginning of season one next year, even though it's been sent to Korea to be colored already. <laughs> but, you, you know, we all know it's Maggie. Just don't tell your friends and family. And nobody did. Yeah. And that was it. And no one knew. Maybe the the, the, the kids of the Fox, you know, and the Fox employees, they're <laughs> yeah. just like at the dinner table in like August the 26th. And they're just sitting there, you know eating their food. The kid's just like, Daddy, who killed that? <gasps> Fuck's sakes, it was the baby, okay? I'm <laughs> di- Every night, you fucking asked, it was the baby. You couldn't wait the week. <laughs> and then they all just went back to eating. <laughs> Maybe that happened. But, that, he, but then he took his kid aside and said, if you go to school, Jimmy, Jimmy, come here. You go to school, you tell anybody that Maggie Smith, Maggie Simpson, sorry, is the one that killed Mr. Burns. And I swear to fucking God, my bosses at Fox are gonna come down and they're going to cut out my fucking intestines and they're going to feed them to you. So make sure you keep it to yourself, okay? <laughs> and she's just like, okay, daddy, I won't tell anyone. That's how it got done back in the day. Yeah. Now they just hold a gun to Downey Jr.'s head in the back and now, of the like, van. And now Tom Holland's like, oh, a new Avengers poster. This is the first one. And I like look on the back, do not show any. Oh. Oh. I oh, just. Shit. I, it- am I on Facebook Live? <laughs> Shoopsy daisy. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. But, anyways, I just. I love that innocence. Also, uh, let's talk a little bit about Reboot. Remember Reboot when yeah. I told you we already had this conversation, but that episode where 
Enzo and, and Megabyte wins and Hexadecimal, everybody wins and they lose the game and the game disappears and Bob is just gone. Yeah. And, then, and then it's just like executive producer, so-and-so, and you're just like, uh, what? Your childhood literally ends in that moment. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know what I loved about the 90s is that it was like the people that wrote those shows were preparing us for adulthood because those <laughs> shows, the first couple seasons were butterflies and rainbows and, you know, episodes like the one we were talking about, you know, where it's all, everything's solved in 22 beautiful minutes. But then when they started tying the episodes in and characters died or father figures of our characters disappeared and had to be found, when they started doing this kind of stuff, it was like, oh shit, you know, it, it was more like Batman the Animated Series, you know, or yeah. it got a little bit real and it got a little bit... It introduced you to, to adulthood. And then but then the next season, Enzo's like 30 and he's got no eye. He's missing an eye. You're like, holy fuck. And that's them saying, that's what happens when you get a job, kids. You know what I mean? It was. It was a, in a weird way. It was a way of preparing you, you know? And I just kind of loved that, that, that they all did that. When did Batman start getting all scarred up and talk deep and things go bad for him? When he adopted Robin, before Robin, it was everything was 22 <laughs> minutes and it was solved. As soon as he got a kid involved, it was like, oh, we need a season to figure this out. And then, I mean, that's one thing, credit to uh, the animated series. If you Massive look, credit. If you look back to the 60s and you, and you hear like, great Caesars, ghost Batman, you're like, uh. They kept that innocence. Okay. They kept that innocence. They kept the innocence, but not in that fashion no, they, they, <laughs> but that is like the 60s okay so then you take it to the modern time which was the 90s and okay so now he's he's like a kid but he's just not like great caesar's ghost which is all right which is all right they made him a little where, younger where, i mean you never had batman in the 90s show address robin as old chum yeah. yes old chum <laughs> Yeah, what? <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the same dynamic, but it it introduced the reason that I love the '60s show though, and that I watched it was because it's it just it just those characters. Caesar Romero still made a good Joker, and and the guy who played the Riddler was yeah. fucking hilarious too, and 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 uh, there was just I don't, it was entertaining. It was yeah. funny. It was of funny, course, and and when it came to and colorful uh, as a kid, it was just so colorful. I just wanted yeah. to see all the costumes. The, the actor who played as uh, Penguin there. I mean, yeah, another good one. He just he he was already legendary, and then he came out in Rocky later. At still continuing. And the Catwoman girl too; she was great. Eartha Kitt. Uh, there was also somebody else who played Catwoman. There was a couple of different actresses that played Catwoman. I just think that that show it was it was fun to see those characters in light heartedness. Also, the animated series took Catwoman, and I the reason I'm excited to see the Batman is because I feel like this Catwoman is the closest to the animated because the animated yeah. series one it was love hate. He, there he saved her and then she fucked him around they kissed a couple times got a little touchy but never too much it, it, it was a really cool dynamic as, as to watch <laughs> and i feel like they're gonna do that in the batman too because they she's not friend she's not foe she's right in the middle and i they catwoman lost that she was a pure bitch in in returns which i loved everyone <laughs> i was like yes michelle pfeiffer get that whip out and abuse me okay, but no, then they but made her a little too friend in, in Anne hathaway was flat out an ally she was just a jewel thief they didn't make her nearly as badass as she should have been well okay, i want to see but, this blend. I mean, Catwoman. she's still I, that that's what she is zoe she's, kravitz she's, is gonna be she's, the blend. she's a cat burglar so she's not like but she is in this too but they give her a better role she's more important I, I don't know i haven't seen it yet but i've heard they're giving her a more important role yeah and it is more iffy whether she's a friend or because but, there's a scene where he goes back to tell alfred about her and he goes he says friend or phone he goes i don't fucking know so i mean what's, <laughs> I like what, what excites me for this movie is uh, 
the reviews that I've read so Mostly far. Mostly the shirtless Robert Pattinson scene, right, bud? Nope. <laughs> so what I've read so far in the way of reviews is everybody says this is a Batman movie that focuses on Batman. And it's a detective rather, movie. Ra- yeah, rather a than the villains. A horror detective movie. Rather than the villains. However, I've also read that this is also a villain origin story, and, and they're kind of spawning the, the backstory for many different villains in this. I want to ruin something I heard. I heard that there's... Uh, at the, 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 they have a, like a post credit scene where they hint at the Joker for the second one. That he's already got a guy. Ca- I've, it's I've, all, yeah. I've heard that there was a Joker tease. There yeah. was there was a card and there was a, a person's face, and it's allegedly played by uh, an Eternals actor. Have yeah. you watched Eternals yet? <laughs> Am I gonna get the shit for this again? <laughs> You finally watched the you new Spider-Man. You wait till this isn't recording. And oh man, the backhand you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen, uh, you finally saw B- B- uh, Spider-Man. Oh, No Way Home. No Way okay. Home. And you were into it. Now I know this is a 90s. We'll take we'll pause on the 90s real quick. Although, I mean, this is a pure, the Spider-Man is so 90s in my opinion, especially the cartoon. I loved the cartoon. It was really cool. Um, when you're like, was he a high school student in the 90s cartoon? Yeah, man. Yeah. He's well, I was just trying to think about it. Books. Hey, Felicia. <laughs> but I remember when I closed my eyes, I mostly picture him at the bugle getting bitched out by fucking James Buddy there. Jameson is his name? Yeah. He had the big, the big mustache in the TV show. Yeah. And uh, he was a real prick in that show. But what I actually love, uh, spoiler alert, and it doesn't go too much into the story of Spider-Man. It's so been it, out for a while, so, so, so I'm pretty okay. sure mostly else. But regardless, what I loved about it is even in the cartoon, even in the comics, is J. Jonah Jameson has an investigative nature from his past. And of course, they delve into that in No Way Home. Yes, they do. They, they did. I love that they did a lot. There was that part of it. I just love that they gave Garfield a bit of an arc finish to his arc because um, Gwen died at the end of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and he got to save MJ in this universe and he got really emotional about it. I loved that yeah. section. Uh, are I you loved, okay? And he's are like, you okay? <laughs> I love that. They gave, because he was, needed it. It was heartbreaking. He fucking needed that. He needed yeah. it. He, he felt so much better about himself after that. I think he'll be able to go back and do Spider-Man in his universe like a real man. Yeah. Because he got to do that. He got <laughs> like to save. He got I'm to save someone. No, because he got yeah. to save someone. I think yeah. it really killed him. Fuck, I got to quit doing that. It yeah, really killed him. <laughs> fucking losing the Gwen thing. It really, really, that was an, I love that they gave that. I love that they gave Tobey Maguire a bit of an arc too. They gave, well, I, I loved I it. I mean, I mean, that threw me off uh, in regards to, well, I mean, okay, spoiler alert. We're already spoiling it. Uh, it's been out since December. It's, it's March. So, okay. Yeah. So there, they were talking about uh, after, after uh, Aunt May ends up biting the dust. Mm. Um when he when tom holland <laughs> nice way to eat you should give bad news to orphans <laughs> i'm i'm not i'm not good at it so so either way tom holland amazing actor at this part like he's just he's just like you guys don't know how i feel and then they come up with the stories and they're like well my uncle ben died and then and then garfield says like oh i couldn't save gwen and then i was like wait a second your uncle ben died why didn't you say that? Just to be different? <laughs> <laughs> Just to be different. <laughs> I wanted to be. Yeah. Martin Sheen died. Oh, okay. In our universe, 9-11 never happened. God damn it! <laughs> yeah. 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 It actually happened on the 9th of November. It was 11-9. Shit! Oh. oh, the marketing is so different now. <laughs> Anyways, um, 
Jumping back to the 90s, Spider-Man was awesome. I loved the movie. I'm glad that uh, we've both seen it now. I'm looking forward to them hopefully doing more Garfield and Tobey Maguire and all that, giving them another another movie. I've heard that their, their, their stories aren't over yet, yep. that this has rekindled a love between Marvel and Disney and money. See, I mean, okay, okay, just, just before we dive back into... So what has bothered me about Tom Holland's Spider-Man... And this is funny because, like, to, for me to say what's bothering me, and I'm like, Tom Holland's the best Spider-Man. <laughs> You're like, nah. And then what has bothered me about Tom Holland's Spider-Man is that he's always relied on a mentor. It's like, okay, you're Spider-Man. You don't fucking rely on me. Get over it. Just go do your thing. And, and They now, never really let him do it. No, yeah. and now he's finally coming into his own, and Tom Holland's like, you know what? I'm done. Why don't you do Miles Morales stories? It's like, what the? Just... No, just do, they just did, be a man. Just do, and this do is, your thing. This is why I hate the world because back in the days, it reminds me of music. Back in the day, artist, uh, record companies used to find artists and develop them over a few albums. Yeah. And now they've given that up. Everyone wants hits right away. And I'm feeling like actors, it's the same thing. They, they want these actors and, and actors that are developed the way Holland's been developed and then they want to jump ship. I don't want to just be known for Spider-Man. It's like, shut the fuck up. They're developing you, man. That's what everybody would like. There are so many actors that want that. The music industry forgot how to develop and the movie industry is continuing to do it and they're getting slapped in the face for it because as soon as the development starts to get good, people are jumping ship and I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, but you can't sign people on tenure. Okay, mister. I didn't like Linkin Park's last album. <laughs> what? That was them developing into the sound that they are now. I kind of disagree. Linkin Park was one of those bands that when they, their first record was perfect and that's why they got signed. They were already around for six or seven years when they got signed in 99. And No, that, but, I mean, that that's part of their development. I mean, if they had this sound in, at the beginning and they're starting to branch out, that's I think Linkin Park's a unique situation, though, because they're part of the new metal group. And anybody that was in that group had to find a way out their own way with or die. You either became Static X, irrelevant, and no one cares anymore, or you became Corn and you survived. Or you became Biscuit and you were irrelevant and no one cared anymore. Or you became like Lincoln Park and you survived. You know what I mean? Like there was only one or the other. Papa Roach survived. They became more alternative. They became buddy. Okay, 90s band Limp Biscuit. I actually want uh, you to talk about what you just, what you told me last time you were here. Uh, talking to, uh, to, talking about West Borland in yeah. regards to uh, the ah. bully situation. I oh, want yeah. you to okay. say that. Okay, so there's a guy named, it's called Scuzz Meets. Go on YouTube and check it out. He's an interview guy and he does this amazing interview with Fred and Wes. And um, Wes is, he finally gets Wes to talk about why he left the Limp Biscuit, like the real reason. Everyone thinks it was because him and Fred were beefing and juvenile bullshit. The real reason is this. Um, Limp Biscuit, and you and I talked about this, was the bully, anti-bully band. You know, Break Stuff and Faith and Stuck and Sour and, and, and Counterfeit and these songs, and Nobody Loves Me. And, and rearranged, like these were very, I am alone in the world songs. There's yeah. nobody gets me, and but this little red cap motherfucker from Jacksonville. And and they, part of Biscuit's army was the kids that were being picked on, you know, the Fallen kind of idea. That was Evanescence record name was the Fallen, you know what yeah. I mean? There was a, there was this whole mentality of beat down kids that, that had to have a voice. Voice for the voiceless. Slipknot was on that chain too. And Wes said the reason he quit is because there was a point in 2003 when he looked out and instead of seeing a sea of kids all embracing this band that was telling them they, were, they weren't alone in the world, 
all those bullies that were beating those kids up were what he saw. Yeah. Out in the crowd. And that's when he was fucking done. He said, I walked away gladly, easily. I walked away because I will not be the soundtrack to those fucking punks yeah. doing what they did to me when I was a kid. I refuse. And that's why he walked away. It's a very good interview. And then you'd said something along the lines that Fred finally understood. Fred was mad at him, and that and that's where the beef came from. Because that and so Fred, it took Fred a while to get it. He stuck with the band, you know, and did his thing. Yep. And that's why him and Wes are tight, and they'll always be biscuit now. Because that now all that has kind of the popularity's gone, and all that's left is the core fans, the kids that that are in it for the right reasons. Yeah. That they've weeded out the idiots. But again, with Fred trying to continue on, it didn't work. It didn't work. He got a lot of that hate, all of it. Yeah, all of it, and he became irrelevant and became a joke. Yeah. For sure. It's it's long enough now, nobody cares. You know what I mean? It, it's been a while, but uh, yeah, definitely. He he took the shitty end of it, and that's why, like, they're, they're old now. They got no bad blood. The funny thing is, they were our age when Biscuit blew up. Like, they were in their mid-30s to yeah. 40s when they were touring the world and being successful. So now they're like 50-something. They don't, <laughs> They truly are like, you know, fuck you, Fred. Now nah, fuck you, Wes. All right, let's get a beer and play a show. Make a million dollars. You know what I mean? Like, they don't give a fuck. They made timeless music, and they just want to bank on that. And enjoy it. Yeah. And I love that they're doing that. Biscuit, very 90s thing. Although late 90s, very 90s thing to talk about. Um, <laughs> fuck the man. Yeah, but the movies. Um, can we talk about Terminator? Oh, Ugh. of course we have to talk about yeah. Terminator. Terminator 2. Terminator. I mean, I'll be back. Yeah, it's just so pivotal. Like, you can't. You can't talk about the 90s without that. Like, James Cameron, he did good, kid. He did real good. I would argue that the 90s gave us move the... Like, okay, it was the action movie era. Like, every action movie hasn't been the same since. I don't know. There's certain movies, certain movies that, be, even though they're 90s movies, you can watch them today, 2022. Yeah. And they hold up. Die and Hard. Christmas movie. I don't care. Well, who Die Hard was in the eight, was 80s, but Die Hard 3. Yeah, it still went on into the 90s. That's Die Hard 3, which was the best one, in my opinion. Samuel, Sa Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson got brought in there. And that was the one where they were running around New York solving all the stupid puzzles. And he I had to wear really that. I love that movie, He had to yeah. wear the sign that said the N-word on it. <laughs> and what, what, what part of New York was he in with that sign that they made him go do that when Samuel found I him? I Either way, it was, it was, I think it might have been Brooklyn. Oh, uh, maybe. Or Brooklyn or Harlem. Which in the 90s was not a place you wanted to be doing that. But anyways, um, yeah, Bruce Willis and that that franchise was huge. But the, you know what it is for me, too, is that movies that look good today. Like, like I, I think, um, I think uh, Terminator 2 is one of them. You know the scene where the electricity happens and he appears naked in the alley and all that yeah. shit? Just too good. Like it looks, in Harlem. He had to, it was he, Harlem. It was Harlem. <laughs> I, I said that. That was the second thing I said. Yeah. I said Brooklyn and then Harlem was the next guest. Yeah. So yeah, Harlem was uh, not, not a place you want to do that. So <laughs> like those, uh, they, they look good today, but the CGI wise and, and, and props wise, Schwarzenegger in, in Terminator 2 is one. Let's talk about Jurassic Park. I mean, oh, yeah. two the, and, and the reason I, I saw this hilarious thing, this big thing the other day, and it was a bunch of younger kids in their 20s, right? Like, you know, it was a Reddit forum, okay? So, yeah. And it was about Jurassic Park, and it was like, I watched, you know, I saw the new Jurassic whatever fuck they're doing now. I know you love them. Yep. <laughs> but it was out, and the kids were talking about it, and someone was like, my dad made me watch the original 94 the other day, and I was like, this is really good. 
Like it was better than I expected. And then somebody just roasted this kid. They're like, that's because there's no CGI, you dumb little shit. Half the budget was spent on the T-Rex. Literally, the budget was $200 million. And $100 million went to that fucking T-Rex. And then it's just lists of the way they made the T-Rex. The skin being glued to the inside. And a guy almost died because the hydraulics inside almost crushed him because he was gluing the skin. Fucking talking about the guys in the raptor suits taking two days to get them done up, ready so that they could step into it. And then they could only shoot for one day before they were so uncomfortable they were going to go crazy from being in the suit. That was the genius of Stan Winston. Stan Winston, phenomenal special So much. Yeah, yeah. Just at Steven Spielberg's right-hand man. Yeah. Like, it just, I loved the roasting of, because everything was practical. And it's just, nobody can take that much money and put it into a movie and guarantee it's going to come back. Because look at, like, the the Han Solo movie. Like, they spent $100 million making it look incredible. There's a lot of practical effects in the Han Solo movie. Yeah. It's very much like Jurassic Park. There's not a lot of CGI except for the space scenes. Yeah. And where'd that get them? They barely broke even. Yeah. Because the sequels gave them a bad rap at the time. It was just bad politics. It was a good it was a good movie, a good script, bad timing. Yeah. So anyways, and bad promo in between two shit movies. It was the whole thing sucked. Didn't work out. So I I love that Jurassic Park stands the test of time and that people are getting roasted for it. Um what else did he do? I mean, I heard somebody was talking about who was it I was talking to about E.T. And they said it was like the greatest, even though that's an 80s thing. Yeah. It's just Spielberg's genius continuing on. And they said it cha- completely changed him. It was it Colin. It was. It was Colin Farrell. I was watching the hot ones with Colin Farrell. Uh, I haven't watched that one yet. I it's really it. good. He talks yeah. about E.T. changing his life. He said how it was like he talks about the little boy when he when he finally goes up. He's like, I'll never forget that feeling in my belly. When, when he finally just leaves, like the, his description of seeing that scene, like he's like, it's, it's beautiful. I was like, oh man, like I, I, that's what I was like seeing Jurassic Park or um, The Land Before Time, <laughs> yeah. which was 91, you know, like, um, yeah, I just, oh, Jurassic Park holds up. It, it still looks good. And although it's not really considered 90s, The Matrix is a 90s movie. It was filmed, written, everything in 97 and 98, released yeah. in 99. It's the end of the 90s. And to this day, that scene when he goes, I can see. I see it now <laughs> and everything's computerized and all the, and they start shooting and he just goes, no, enough of that. <laughs> I'm done with your bullets. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's in the music. It's just oh, another iconic thing that just changed. Like it doesn't matter. Even the second two matrix movies have a hard time encaps- the, encapsulating mean, the, the that. choreography in the matrix was, was amazing. Choreography was, but the CGI was big part of it too. Yeah. Big part of it too. Practical effects for Spielberg shit. What else, man? So much. Um, the Ninja Turtles. Let's talk about the fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Muppet Shop that made those costumes. The first two movies. Yeah, Jim oh, Jim Henson. Jim Henson's Muppet Shop. Yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah, big, 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 big. Three people for each character: an actor, a voice actor, and then whoever was controlling things outside of that, and and somehow brought it all to life. Yeah. Oh, such genius. I loved that. And then not a lot of people know, but Kevin Nash played Super Shredder in the second <laughs> yeah. Turtles movie and yeah. showed up and he was in the Super Shredder costume after he ingests the ooze. Yeah. Yeah, that movie. And then Vanilla Ice showing up doing the turtle power. Cock, 
Turtle power. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Dude, I want to get up right now and have a fucking dance party in this basement. Start busting out the running man. DMNT turtle power. And then like Turtles in Time came out and it's like, all right, all right, settle down. You went too far. Okay, you got my money and you fucked me this time. The first two times I saw these turtle movies, I gave you my money and I didn't know what was going to happen and it turned out to be a winner. Yeah. You got me this time. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's why you, you never go see... Motherfucker. motherfucker. You think it's going to be a perfect trilogy. And this is why franchises started writing three movies at once. This is why they started saying, okay, let's write all three. Let's get this going bef- and not just put out one and see where it goes and we'll write well, the second. Well, I mean, I mean, it's a little different when it came down to like Lord of the Rings. It was just like Peter Jackson couldn't stop. Already based on a book though. Yeah. With where they already knew what was going to happen. I just mean like... They could do that. They're new Ninja Turtles. The new one they're going to put out. Oh, I yeah. am hoping, and they are. It's giving full it, CG movie. They're going to give it a franchise mentality, though, so that the story and everything sets up for other ones. The same way Sonic did. Sonic set up with Tails at the end. They knew, you know what I mean? They're When they wrote the first Sonic movie, if it failed, they were like, okay. But they had those other two scripts and ideas well, ready I to mean, go. I mean, you look at... Uh, when you don't well, do that, it can turn into well, the Ninja Turtles franchise. Here's another thing we have to talk about, so we'll talk about that in a second, because I'm going to... Ding into uh, dig into the modern day. So the Mortal Kombat movie, the modern day one, the yeah. way the way it was it's building it for a franchise. Yeah, the guy who wrote it, he's like, all right, the tournament, the tournament's not going to be in the first movie. Well, it'll be a second. It's one. just going to be the tease. It's just going to be like everything's building up. We're going to introduce some characters. We're going to create a character that nobody's going to fucking introduce like. the tournament's existence, so people yeah. know it's coming. Yeah, and so people that shit on that movie were like, "There's no fucking tournament." And then, uh, but it still made enough that the studio's like, "All right, you get your trilogy." Yes. It's like, all right, cool. And I'm glad that Sonic didn't have to do that praying because you know what franchise should deserved that trilogy that didn't get it was the Power Rangers with Brian Cranston. Oh, I truly yeah. fucking oh, believe fucking they could have died. They were going to bring in the Green Ranger in the next one. It was going to be dope. And, <laughs> and what? No, and no, no. Then that's kind of disappointing because the nineties nostalgia was riding high, you know? Oh yeah. And I, that's what, Oh my God. Yeah. But I mean, the, the one failure thing- of the power Rangers movie scared me so much for Sonic. I was like, it's Sonic's going to become power Rangers part two. It's going to come out. They're not going to like his design and everything's going to fall apart and it'll be just, Oh, there's another Sonic failure. And then they'll put a Mario movie the next year that'll make a trillion dollars. That's what I was worried about. Thank God that's not what happened. Yeah. I'm very glad. But I, I hope Mortal Kombat, I wish Mortal Kombat all the best. I can't yeah. wait for the next one. So Mortal Kombat, the first one that came out in the 90s, man, I was I was so hell-bent. Mortal Kombat! An iconic song. Sorry, the song is so yeah. good. So, <laughs> watching watching that first movie. So, before going in to see it, I was desperate to see it. Like, my mom Oh, knew, the theaters. I'll never I, forget. I was it. so desperate. I was actually sick. It my was mo- rated PG-13, and yeah. they wouldn't let me in. They're like, you can't go in. I was like, oh, fuck, I can't. So, uh, my mom's like, hang on. I need to stop at the bank first to get you some money so you can go see the movie. I was like, okay, cool. We get to the bank, and I throw up all over the sidewalk. She's like, you're sick. You 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 still want to go to the movies? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I love I, the way you say, yeah. yeah. Are you fucking stupid? Man? If 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 I'm sick, I'll run to the bathroom and fucking. Mom, if you don't fucking take me, I'll fucking go without you. And so, I, yeah, I threw it right before going to the theater. I I mean, I was fine 
watching the movie. Yeah. I didn't throw up or anything. I was like, I, I had to see it. And, I mean, to this day, one of the most iconic fight scenes in any movie for me was Johnny Cage versus Scorpion. When when Johnny Cage is up on that platform and all oh, your, get down describe here. Describe it. Describe it slower to me, please. So they're, they're in outworld they're there they went through the portal into the outworld and uh and they're in this this hellish environment of scorpion and johnny cage looking and let's around be honest, talking about movies with the cgi and the effects hold up yeah. okay this is one of them it's a bit corny it's got a bit of cheese but it's fucking hold i would watch i'm it still holds up because i watched this about two years ago and yeah. i wasn't unimpressed <laughs> anyways this scene is good it's hellish and then scorpion says Get down here! And then he fucking <laughs> foot sweeps the the bamboo on the platform and uh gets down. And then the fight ensues. And, Just oh. fuck it. I need to go home and watch that <laughs> fucking movie. I do. I seriously like. Oh man, I'm thinking about it. And I say this every time I'm here. I'm gonna go home and do this thing because we always get these kinds of. But yeah, that movie I saw in theaters. I had it on VHS. <laughs> I played it. It was another VHS along with Batman Returns and the TMNT. Do you want to hear a funny? F- quick funny story very 90s story so my wife ugh, ex-wife who i uh, met in high school which was 2004 three okay so now she's working at a video store and we've been together for like five or six years so it's like 2009 or 10 yeah. okay so it's pretty late she's working at this place called hollywood hits in whitby Oh, yeah. You might have known that. Yes. <laughs> Y'all know the Hollywood hits, all right? Lisa, if you're listening, I'm still glad you divorced me. Anyways, <clears throat> um, she's working at this place, and I'm picking her up, like I always did, because I drove her everywhere. Because <clears throat> it took her like 10 years to buy a car. Yeah. So I'm down there hanging out, doing this, and there's a TMNT original, the 91 movie, plastic wrapped there for sale for like three bucks. She's like... She picks it up for me just out of the sweetness of her heart because she used to do these things. And she just grabs it and goes, take it home. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is original press. She's like, no. I was like, yeah, there's a stamp on here that gives it away. Like, I know my shit. So I'm doing research. I run the serial number. This motherfucking movie's original press. So I put it in my in my cupboard there. And then my sister came over. <laughs> about two or three years later yeah and she pulls this movie out looking at my movie she's probably a teenager at the time and she rips the fucking plastic open and pulls the vhs out and goes oh this is so cool and you know what was inside a coupon for pizza square boys pizza that expired in september 1990 <laughs> it was an original press yeah it was one of the first thousand nah probably ten thousand Let's go that 10,000 copies of that VHS ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I had one. I, yeah. I, I still have it somewhere. <laughs> so anyways, that's, yeah, 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 that's my, uh, I just think I, I, the, the, the mo- I held it in my hands. Like, oh, it was such a big deal. Yeah. It was such a big deal. That movie came out. One thing, do you remember when we were kids and you didn't get bebop and rock steady? You got token and razor and you were so mad about it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. that's not the same, but it was good enough for us. Yeah. And then when they finally got bebop and rock steady in the new one in the 2015 or 18 or whatever, they did one. It just didn't have it. Didn't hit me. It didn't care. Oh, I, I, it, it hit with me. I was like, wow. I, I, this I dug is it, but I didn't care. I'm looking forward to Seth. Seth's gonna do it. 
as well. He's bringing Bebop and Rocksteady. See, that's, that's and what the I don't Technodrome. Get. That's what I don't get. Like, the second movie got hate just because of the design of the turtles. But I fucking loved it. I'm like, this has everything the show has. This this has this has it all. I liked it. I thought it was I a great homage to the 80s show. It yeah. was the 80s show live action. Yeah. With- Which was made, again, by the creators of the comic before turning into the, the TV medium. And and what I don't understand is if you didn't like any of that, you get to watch Megan Fox's fucking gorgeous ass face and that booty of hers romp around for two hours. <laughs> what the fuck was wrong with that? If you had nothing yeah. to complain about, you could at least be like, well, she wasn't hard to look at. And, and Will Arnett, he he was all right. The role, I liked Will. Yeah. Will's hilarious. He, it's Bojack Horseman. He said <laughs> he was in it. You know, yeah. I fucking love him. Will I love Will's always been my guy, man. He's um I, he's got the, I haven't seen Murderville yet. I st- I have to give it a shot. It's on my list still. Yeah. It's just I've been so obsessed with Evis for Family right now. Bill Burr's show. I've been digging through that because they had a new season that I hadn't seen. And Disenchantment, the the the, the Simpsons spinoff that Grenning does, has another season out too. So I had to get through those because yeah. I just you know they're my entertainment thing. But um, okay, one thing I want to push on, kind of easily step into with 90s right now is video games now. Okay, so we've, oh, yeah. we've now, we've talked about the movies and all the things that influence stuff. There was a Batman, every one of these things we're talking about. Do you remember the red cartridge uh, Spider-Man so, SNES game? One sec, just before we do that, there's one movie that came out that, okay. was, that was a love story that actually had a pretty killer soundtrack. And that is the, I mean, I found it weird when it came out because it was a Shakespeare story. Uh, you but talk- you, you have to talk about Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Mo- oh, okay. I thought you, you were have talking- to talk about Leo DiCaprio and Claire Danes rocking the Romeo and Juliet in a modern day like gangland style film. Yep. But still like talking the language. Yep. Okay. Let's talk about this movie. Yeah. The the soundtrack phenomenal. Garbage. Yep. Uh, I mean, that was actually kind of where I first heard the cardigans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Okay, this is one of those movies that people can shit on, but I'm not on that boat. I'm kind of like... I mean, for me, it it really showed me uh, Leo's acting chops before I... Like, I saw this before I saw Basketball Diaries. Oh, yeah, yeah. Basketball Diaries. Hard to watch. Yeah. Hard, hard, hard movie to watch. Especially when he's sucking that guy's dick in the stall for another (laughs) shot of heroin. Course, that's the in. scene you bring up. No, 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 I'm going to be real. That's why people watch it, listen to the shot pod, because it's fucking real, and I'm telling you. That fucking scene, if you don't cry, that scene when that little boy sucks a man's cock so he can get more heroin, you are not human, okay? That's what those movies are supposed to the, do. But the scene, the scene where he's crying out the outside of the door for his mom to give him money. He's like, oh, I need money. Oh, he's beating on the door. Wow. She's, oh, no, the scene where he's beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, so, no, 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 no. So and he just falls to and sleeps outside so the door. So with some modern day real life problems that kind of relate to the scene, I'm like, somebody needs to watch Basketball Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> We need to make all our kids right? watch the basketball diaries and be like, you ain't sucking the old man's cock for a meal, so be grateful. <laughs> okay? Yeah. But daddy, you know what I said what I said. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yes. It, so, so yeah, but Romeo and Juliet. I've always been a DiCaprio fan. Yeah. I, 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 as much as I, I, I do like Just to hate him. Every every role that he picks where he gets emotionally involved in it's like you I've tr- feel you, can you feel name, what he's feeling even name, when he was in a, growing pains name yeah. me a bad dicaprio movie i don't like titanic but other than that i got nothing 
<laughs> Honestly, yeah. they're all good. Even Catch Me If You Can with Tom Hanks, one of the greatest movies of all time. Tom Hanks' greatest performance. Leo killed it. Yeah, I love watching that movie where he's the guy. He, you know, he's a scammer. He's scamming, writing fake checks back in the seventies. Yeah, great movie. I loved him. In, and then Inception. I was like, I fucking hate Leo. And then he did Inception. I was like, I like, I hate Leo, but I love him in Inception. I hate Leo, but I love him in Basketball Diaries. I hate Leo, but I love him in. I hate Leo, but I but I like him in Gangs of New York. I, you know, I hate Leo, but I love him in. Fucking damn it! I love Leonardo DiCaprio for fuck's sake. But then you hear uh, like Mike Myers talking about him in Austin Powers and. It's all Leo. And he bites his little knuckles. It's so like, oh, man, okay. He really loves Leo. I just, yeah, I just, I, I, he wins. You know, he's just good. He's good enough. And Matthew McConaughey's on that list with me, too. Like, I hate Matthew because of his commercials and shit, but like, you know, movies like Inception and shit. It's just, or not Inception, man. sorry. Um, not, not Inception, uh, uh, Interstellar. They're just, there's certain movies that they do where they're just like, okay, you win. Damn it. I wish I could hate you. So, bringing up Matthew McConaughey. Uh, okay. So his this, 90s movies. You know, you so, know what I love about high school girls, Mark? Uh, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> but no. I there, just there, keep getting there older. Was movie, there was a movie, okay, this isn't 90s, but there was, there was a, a movie called that came out in 2001 called frailty and i keep pushing it it's not widely known it's matthew mcconaughey in it and it's all about it, it's a very religious movie bill paxton's in it Ooh, i like bill and and essentially uh he ends up becoming uh god's right hand killer like like bill paxton's like i'm getting a message from god right now and we're on a quest we have to kill this guy we have to kill this guy they're evil and when they when they touch the the person who's doing these evil deeds they can see the demon inside. And so then they kill him. Oh, this sounds cool. They kill him. They're protected. Like, oh, surveillance. Frailty, 2001. Yeah. Oh, I'm going home and to like, oh, there's, find this. There's surveillance cameras, but, oh, the tape coincidentally screwed up while this person went in to get. Kind of like the body killing. cam footage from all the Ottawa police officers that disappeared, <laughs> right? Like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah just fucking just like, that, like right? that, right? Just like that, right? Yep. Okay, sorry. So, yeah, but not... It's not a widely known movie, and every time it's I see it... It's not, because I haven't heard of it. I gotta say, there's certain movies... You, I'd love to do a segment of this. Maybe we should have a talk about doing... And maybe we'd have to think about it, make a list, and do an episode or a segment of... Where we just talk about not well-known movies that are fucking killers. Yeah. Uh, Cube. A Cana oh, Cube. A Canadian so movie yeah. that takes place and was made for... Twelve thousand dollars anywhere. Like I'm literally, I've been looking for it. I they, have it. The cube, cube two. I have it. I've been looking and for it. And what's the third one? Cube Zero, which yeah. came out as a prequel, which explains the whole thing. Anyways, those. Yeah, we should do a section. Where we talk about that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like the house in the or house in the woods, whatever it's called, cabin in the woods was <laughs> was kind of like one of those. It was like blown up to be a big horror franchise, but it's not. It's it no. was it's a cool movie with a cool concept. Anyways, we should. Talk about this more. Yeah. The Blair Witch Project started as that type of movie and then became uh, an international yeah. success. Yeah. You know, you never know. So, uh, excuse me. The Blair Witch Project is a very 90s thing to talk about. Oh, of course. We were around. Do you remember when that movie came out in 1997? I think it was 97, if I'm correct. We uh, could look it up. We could look it up and confirm, but I'm yeah. sure it is within a year or two of that. I was in elementary school, I think, and I remember fucking, like... 99. The, the kids that saw it... We're like gods amongst men. Like we were like, we're just like, you know, tell us about it. Tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about this or tell us anything whatsoever about it. Because the rest of us, our parents were just like, you're not fucking going to see that. Yeah. I read in the paper. I read in the paper what's going on with that. You know what I mean? 
I was so obsessed with it because it did that whole like, this is a true story. And I was like, oh shit. So like I was downloading everything about it, trying to do all the research for it and all that shit, only to find out that it was all just propaganda for the movie. And I was like, fuck, I was heavily upset. Well done. I was trying to plan out a trip to Burkittsville, Maryland. Like, we're going to go into the woods. We're going to find this fucking witch. We're going to do it. I figured you being the horror kid that you were. Yeah. That you were like all of it. Like, horror. oh, I'm going to debunk this shit. Yeah. And then, and then, oh, it's, no, it's just a movie. And it's like, oh. And then I see, I'm like, no, but maybe, maybe that was just to cover it up. And then I see that the, the stars in the movie on Conan. It's like, oh yeah, we didn't have a script. We just had like, they're like film reel canisters that were put into a basket through and kind of like stashed in the woods and we'd come upon them and we'd each read our own and we weren't allowed to share each other because this would tell us how we had to act. <laughs> yeah, it was a cool we process, but it was, wasn't it? Okay. So as far as filmmaking goes, even though we got debunked eventually, wasn't it kind of cool to watch how they did that? Like the oh. night, I, I truly believe the eighties uh, episode was cool because the eighties, I feel like the eighties was just taking the seventies and perfecting them. It was perfecting the seventies drugs. It was perfecting the seventies music. It was perfecting seventies television. It was, Oh, well, is, I mean, so like, okay, so we touched But I on, feel like the 90s wasn't perfecting anything. It was inventing. Yeah. So we tapped on uh, the, the 70s when it came down to the time of people uh, kind of getting sick over the exorcist and stuff. Yes. Right? And, that, and that was like actually showing stuff happening. Then you had Blair Witch, which was more psychological. Because and they people were still... And people were still But it was a new way. Shit. And I remember when we were kids, it was cool to hear about the people throwing up. Remember, the, um, what was the, uh, that, uh, that other one? Uh not, I don't know. Oh shit! Hang on, it's gonna it's gonna come to me. Just give me a second. It was they cut the guy's Achilles tendon, and and it had the guy that eats with his fingers in 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 this in this movie, and people were running out of the theater throwing up because of it, and it was a big deal too. The girl gets her eye blown out with a torch. Eyes oh, like hostile! Hostile! Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that was another one. It's just like this whole shock theater idea. Yeah. I like that Blair Witch took what they did in the 70s with Alien and The Exorcist and those types of movies yeah. and it said, well, let's try and do it without on-screen horror. Let's do it with just scaring the fuck out of you. Yeah. I like that. That it was the, the, the scare attacks they did in that, it's, it was easy for anybody to put themselves in the shoes of the characters and like being inside a tent in the middle of the woods when nobody's around and yeah. all of a sudden all these hands First person mockumentary like, was shit. new as well. The mockumentary idea, its yeah. invention was very 90s, uh, Trailer Park Boys and The Office and and all that shit would not exist without those mockumentary beginnings of the 90s that we got from Blair Witch and all yeah. that other shit. And even guys that were doing, like, I remember watching much music and, and it seemed like, a, you know, like a, what we're doing, you know, people doing a Facebook Live, like, much music was doing that with Rick Campanelli in the woods <laughs> of Eastern Ontario in the 90s. You know what I yeah. mean? These kind of like, hey, I'm out in the woods. It's fucking gold. Here's a video. Like, I just, you know what I mean? It was the beginnings of what we became later on where yeah. everybody has access to pressing except for those of us that are on Facebook restriction bans uh, can press Facebook <laughs> live and go straight live to, to, to everybody and show them what's going on. Yeah. So I just think that, that that's kind of, yeah, I like thinking back to that. Um, so they have movies. Are we, are we good with movies and we hit them all. There's yeah. so many. Oh yeah. There's I could so go many. all day. We could do a movies part two. I mean, yeah. 
We didn't even really. Ace Ventura, just throwing that out there. We, we didn't don't have even to talk ta- about We didn't it. even we talk just... about the horrible Mario movie that somehow. No, I have but we seen talked it. about that on another I have episode. seen it enough times. <laughs> we talked about um, that on another but episode. But games, so. bro, games. Okay. Games. So red I, cartridge. I truly believe. Yeah, red cartridge Spider-Man was big, but like. Maximum carnage. I just believe that we got to live. Like anybody that got to live through the 80s. And was into games because they were a teenager. Like, I feel like you missed out because you were in your 30s and the 90s when, you know, you were buying houses and having kids when the real console wars so happened. That would have been the 70s because I was in the 80s and I wasn't in my 30s and the 90s. <laughs> oh, that, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that we, yeah. being four or five years apart, we got the perfect age to experience that yeah. 90s because the 80s, it was it was a slow climb. Atari and all that shit, like it was, it was slow. It was the end of the 70s, we had ping pong and it took 10 years to get to Super Mario. Yeah. Then we went from Super Mario in 88 to the PlayStation 2. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in the same 10 years, like it's uncomparable the jump. So it, it was it was more of a way, it was fun, it was cool to watch Super Mario and Donkey Kong and see that, but now it's 1990. Now Mario 3 is out. Yep. And it's sold millions and it's got it's a huge They cartridge. made a movie around it with Fred Savage, and it was all about, uh, what was it called? The Wizard? And it was about being uh, like a video game yes. wizard. Yeah. And it was his little brother oh, who was in a shit, contest bro, about you're it. blowing my nostalgic <laughs> mind. I remember that. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. That movie is literally about that. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. God, I love these talks. Yeah, that, you're right. Like, that was a huge deal. And, then, and that was before the release of Mario 3. So, like, Mario 3 was released, like, shortly after, but it was around the same time, and that's why it was in the movie, and, yeah. So, now it's 91, okay? And the SNES is out, and Mario World is out. Oh, man, that, that that's still one of my favorite Mario games. It's one of the greatest games of all time. You yeah. don't have to, it's not a Mario game, it's games in general. It's untouchable. Maps, secrets, gameplay, uh, power-ups. Graphics, music. Oh, yeah. fuck, fuck. <laughs> music, just genius. But I will argue, you play Super Mario World and you think, what can rival this? What will give it? <laughs> yeah, here it comes. You know it. Yeah. What gives this a go for its money? You got, I'm sorry. Me and my mom had the coolest talk the other night. I know we're getting late in this, but I'll try and do this quick. We had a NES in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And my mom was, my mom and my, her friend Linda were so good. But you couldn't save and you used to have the VCR, had the NES plugged into it, and you had to be on channel three, and then you press TV VCR, and that's how you got. That's right, kids. Listen close. This is what daddy had to do to play video games. <laughs> then you press TV VCR. And we would, I'll never forget my mom getting to world six, and she'd, be, and she'd look at me, and she'd be like, she'd pause it, and it'd be fucking two in the morning. She'd be like, you got to go to school in the morning, okay? <laughs> and mommy has to go to work. And we're going to sleep for four hours because I, mommy had to get to world six. But I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there on the couch and go, mommy, go, you know, yeah. let's go. You've got four lives left. Watch the canyon. And uh, so she'd pause it and switch the channel. And then we go to school the next day and she'd go to work. And then it'd be tomorrow evening and we come home. And did you ever have it? I'll never forget. I mean, when, it, when you went in and you switched back to channel three TV, VCR, and you went back to going and you kept continuing, everything was fine. But that one time you went to do it and the fucking nest was frozen. Yeah. 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 And it wouldn't unpause. Or how about this one? I'll never forget. We did that. We were at World Eight. Yeah. She figured out the warp tube, the warp warp tubes. Yeah. She figured out how to do the jump in level two. Now we're in World Eight. Things are going well. We've got it paused, and we're hanging out, and we're having a bowl of cereal, and it's like the end of the night. 
and then we have a lightning storm. And it, and all of a sudden, you know, my alarm goes out. And I hear my mom from her bedroom. Fuck! <laughs> and I'm just like, Mom, what's wrong? Did you hurt yourself? Did you fall? Did you Sorry, fall? Sorry, Did you fall? <laughs> Did you fall? And she's just like, the game, Alex! The game, it's off! You know? We're really sorry, Taya. Sorry, Taya. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, and she was so upset. She's out. She's in the living room. Looked very similar to this one you're in right now. And she's on her knees in front of our press wood fucking baseboard piece of shit oh, wall unit. It. With a the giant CRT TV. So beautiful. With the, And the nest is crammed in the side shelf because the TV takes up the entire section of the fucking, that the TV's supposed to go in. Yeah. And, and, she, and she's crying. I'll never get to World 8 again, you know? It's just, I'll never forget that shit, you know what I mean? It was such a big deal. So the reason that Sonic was so great was because it was faster and eventually it had a save feature and all that shit, but, like, just 90s videos, the kids will never understand, like, pausing a game for two days and hoping that it doesn't fuck up so you can go back and play it, you know? Like, you go back now and I just, I can't, I don't have the, I was trying to play Mega Man X the other day, the first one, I gave up real fucking fast. I was like, I got through two. The Mega Man games are super hard. Mega Man X was like Mega Man Lite. It was like for the retards that couldn't handle Mega Man <laughs> 1 through 6. It really was. It was for the kids like me that just broke too many NES controllers. They're like, here you go, you little fucking. Oh, you, you, breaking the controllers. Here's, your, here's a SNES because you are special. That's one thing to talk about. Back in the day when you could break a controller and it didn't cost you $70 to replace it. Well, it probably cost more. No. Where could you get a controller back in the back in the days? The only place you could get controllers was going to like microplay, no, no, stealing no. one from your friend. No, yeah, you could you could pay for a controller. You could pay for a controller from like, uh, well, there was a store around called Consumers. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> yeah, you had to order from magazines. Oh, and shit. You can order my. separate. They were in the McDonald's at Ritz and Dean. <laughs> they, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, that's where it was behind the McDonald's at Ritz and Dean. That was the fucking Consumers right there. Oh my god, I used to order all my the Technodrome from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. I ordered. From from yeah. that store. Yeah. Yeah, you could order the controller separately because... The Batcave from 1993 ordered yeah. from that store. Because not all console bundles came with two controllers. You could get just one. Most of them came with one, you're right. Yeah. 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 So so you can buy a separate Blockbuster controller. Blockbuster sold cost, them too. I yeah. Think. yeah. So it didn't, it didn't cost like... But yeah, man, just like... Bucks. That's crazy. I, and this is why the 90s was, was amazing <laughs> for me because like, you got to think, in 1991... Did you play Sonic, right? You played Sonic. Do you remember the first time you played Sonic and how much better than Mario you thought? And everything? I'll be honest, not just better than Mario, but better than everything. I remember playing Sonic 1 and being like, what the fuck are they going to do so next? I, played, I, played I didn't Sonic. think it could get better. I played, So after playing Sonic, I always thought Mario World was better. I enjoyed Mario World better than Sonic. <laughs> the shot is over! This is the sound of me! Leaving the studio. <laughs> no. Yeah, I always thought Mario World was 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 m probably my favorite game. I came but, back. but when it came to Sega, what a, there were certain games that Earthworm Jim was a huge pusher of that, it being a better console. But, no, but Earthworm Jim was also on Super Nintendo. But right. there were certain games that I wanted to so. X-Men on Sega was way better than X-Men on Super Nintendo. Jurassic Park 
they were both really good, but very different. I love Genesis was better. I, I loved I love the Genesis like side scroller got to be Neil Grant or you could be a Raptor, which was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. But then the Super Nintendo was a top down role playing game exploring. Sucked. The it was fun. It was fucking awesome. No, didn't like it. It it just it wasn't the same. What graphic. about Aladdin? The Genesis oh, yeah. Aladdin was Genesis fucking Aladdin was panic. way better than pinnacle. Super Lion King. Genesis Lion King also pinnacle. All Lion the King's the same. Was it identical yeah. on both systems? Okay, I didn't know. I don't think I ever played it on SNES, but it was also another good one. Um, I don't know. Genesis had other winners for me. Echo the Dolphin was I was a big push. Was a, was a, was a w- big winner. The soundtrack to Earthworm Jim was better on the Genesis. I know. I really. And then, was. I mean, Shinobi was good, but Ninja Gaiden was also good. Mortal Kombat on the Genesis, man. Mortal Kombat on Genesis. Mortal was, Kombat was, two was yeah was better on Genesis than it was on Super Nintendo, which is weird because essentially they were still both kind of like the same sixteen uh, bit shit. But it was somehow better it was on easier Genesis. to use those, the, especially if you had the upgraded controller with the with the three extra buttons. <laughs> it just you, you you became you were a king, you were a yeah. king on this thing. Um, the thing that I love about the nineties that we got to experience and we could, we could spend a whole, I think we could probably spend an entire episode and maybe we will one day just talking about the console wars and, and being alive and experiencing it one-on-one. I don't think anyone will ever understand what it's like. Like, I, yo, uh, Mark, you gotta, you gotta fucking remember, you gotta remember these two or three years. Picture this, man. It's fucking March, 1994. Okay. Okay. And you're playing Sonic 3. It's come out. And by the end of that year, the lock-on technology for Sonic and Knuckles comes out. And that's what's competing yeah. with so- Mario World. Mario World, that's what's competing with it, right? And Mar- at this point, you know, Mario World came out and, Mar- and Sonic 1 came out. Sonic 2 came out. And you're like, okay, Mario World's winning. By the time Sonic and Knuckles came out, you're like, okay, Sonic's good. <laughs> you win. The Death Egg was pretty cool. Super Sonic's pretty cool. All right. This is neat. And then what does Mario do? The 64. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And you're like, oh shit, I'm back on the Mario bandwagon. So think about <laughs> experiencing that though. As a young boy, I'm playing Sonic and Knuckles. I get to play as Knuckles. I'm fucking up Robotnik. I'm saving the, breaking up the death egg, saving the floating island, collecting the master emerald. I'm living the fucking dream. And what do I get the next Christmas? To collect 120 stars in the Super Mario World castle. To get that girl back again. And you're like, oh no, this is next level. And you know that while Mario World is doing that, that Sega's like, we gotta come up with a Sonic (laughs) that's just as good, you know? So, and what do you get for your Mario World, you know, shit, or your Mario 64 shit? You get Sonic Adventure. One of the greatest games of all time. A very fun game. You could play as five, six different characters. But in between that... We got the PlayStation. I don't know about you, but I got a PlayStation. We got Metal Gear Solid, Crash, Bandicoot, Gran Turismo. Driver, Driver. Dr- oh, oh, my God. Uh, driver uh, Driver had that, like, before you could play the game, you had to be able to do all these driving stunts in the beginning in the, through, uh, through a parking garage. Like, you weren't allowed out of the parking garage until you were able to do, like, slalom between pillars. Uh, th- and all the while, while you're experiencing, you know, the Sega Genesis, and then maybe you were lucky enough to be one of those kids with a 32X or a CD. Maybe you just went straight to a Saturn. Maybe yeah. you were an, a SNES kid, and then you went straight to the 64. Maybe you were, you, were, you were a smart kid, and you got the PlayStation early like I did. I had the PlayStation in 1997, three years after it came out. But at that time, it had Gex. It had um, two Bandicoot games, 
I think which we were all killing it like the 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 it was it was it was on top it was on top it was basically better than my Saturn my Saturn yeah. I my my Saturn era was a short lived lo- loved one but I realized that all the games that I loved on Saturn were being done better up on on the PSX dude we got to experience this all within a seven year period what I the, the, <laughs> what I'm talking about playing Sonic for the first time and going oh my god the processor in a Genesis can do crazy shit that the Nintendo just can't and having it blow your mind going from that. To playing Super Mario World and all the secrets, it wasn't as um, speed-wise as satisfying as Sonic, but it was so many challenges and things to explore and yeah. things to learn. It expanded your mind. It made you, you know what it made you want to do? It made you want to design video games. It made you want to go into designing these graphics and drawing these yeah. characters and coming up with these ideas. It made you want to like create these worlds yourself. It was amazing, you know. And then as soon as you're you're just wrapping your head around a SNES and all that, they put out the 64 and Sky Fox and Donkey Kong 64. Now you're experiencing all that shit. And just when you think that's crazy, the PlayStation comes and butt fucks you from behind with Crash Bandicoot and the Gran Turismo, which is one of the greatest racing games of all time, and it was done the best on the original PlayStation. We got yeah. all that shit. And if you didn't like any of that, you could go get a Dreamcast and be the odd one out like me. Yeah. You know, like, they're that generation, that, that era is never going to happen again. Even with Microsoft versus PlayStation versus Nintendo, and there is a lot of cool games out there and a lot of... Interesting thing. So, so something that was groundbreaking it. for me that, that Sega didn't do or, or have was Super Mario Kart. Super Mario Kart for me, the, the first one. I Mario mean, Kart was a pretty big deal. Yeah, pretty big. And even talking with, uh, like, still to this day, I still talk to the Mario guy. Mario Party, too. Just yeah. having friends over to play a board game on screen Yeah, was such a but, big deal. But SNES's uh, Mario Kart. Um, my well, they step, were the first my, one. Yeah, my stepsister would have uh, her boyfriend over and... Uh, my brother and her boyfriend and myself, we'd all kind of sit down and pass the controllers and take turns playing because it was two players. And in the end, I would always come out on top. And it's funny because even recapping this story with him recently, he's like, you didn't always come out on top. And I was like, remember how you always called me cheap because I'd always win? He's like, yeah, because you were cheap. I'm like, there you go. I always came out on top because I always had like a red shell waiting for him. Oh, he's about to win? Throw the red shell. (laughs) Done. Out of there. But he's like, that's fucking cheap, man. Cheap, man. (laughs) The fuck, bro. Past the finish line. Oh, look who's number one. Shut up. (laughs) You know, it's funny because I'd still fight a man over Mario Kart at this age. (laughs) I got to be honest with you. Um, I used to hang out at this bar when I was dating the girl that was... Does Wayne Brady have to smack a bitch? <laughs> when I was dating the girl that was working at the bar, they used to bring the PlayStation over there and we used to play Mario Kart and Mario Party all the time. It's still fun to do. Yeah. I like... it's it, Even at this age, it's... And it's funny, but because those habits of... Hey, let's invite some of our friends over in our 30s. You know, we're in our, our, our late 30s, early 40s. Let's invite three friends over. Let's have a Super Bowl party. Let's do whatever. What do you want to do after? Let's play Mario Party. Let's do this. It didn't exist. Before yeah. that, like we are the first generation to got to experience. Remember 007? Remember, oh, yeah. imagine, remember yeah, having cool three of your friends over, Goldeneye, and yeah. all three of you are playing those maps. You me- memorize those maps so fucking well. There's no point in playing the game anymore because you all know where everybody is. Yeah. There's no secrets. They tried to recreate that on 64 with like the world is not enough and yeah. tomorrow never dies and all that, but it, it didn't captivate the same way And Gold there's Knight other did. games we haven't even talked about that changed gaming, that like Wolfenstein. That I didn't even get to experience, but did change gaming in the nineties. And my friends got to experience. Did you, did you ever play the game Biofreaks? No. So Biofreaks was out on sixty four, and it was a fighting game. 
And every character had a unique ability, whether it was like a robotic limb with a saw on the end or a gun hand or whatever. And in BioFreaks, you were able to rip off this person's arm and attach it to yourself. And now you had a saw blade arm. That's or, crazy cool. Yeah. And it was like, for me, like at first it was just kind of a cheap game that my mom bought. And I was like, oh, BioFreaks, who the fuck's heard of this? And then I started playing and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm like, I get to steal this person's ability, so I have this ability to use against the next guy? Awesome. The other love thing it. I love about the 90s, too, is that so many games that we loved got TV shows made after them. Like, it used to be so that show... Oh, the, the Super Mario cartoons, they were great. Not I loved that. Not the Mario and Luigi hosts played by live-action no, yeah, actors. Yeah, no, that was 80s. It was like, that was late who 80s the fuck stuff. is that? Yeah, yeah no, I liked the cartoon. It was good. It was hard. It was all like four in the morning. You had to, like, tape that <laughs> shit. You had to set the VCR. Just like I had to with Sonic Sat AM. And, but Earthworm Jim got his own show, which oh, was yeah, hilarious. Was so yeah. I've rewatched it. Like yeah. in the last year, I've gone back. My buddy Araceli from New York, yo, Araceli, if you're listening, Home Slice, shout out. <laughs> um, he fucking, uh, he sends me Earthworm Jim shit all the time, you know, uh, with the, the stupid little cat and, oh, yeah. and Psycho and all these characters. Such a genius franchise. And then we got, um, oh man, it was, it was, what was, the, what was the other one that they did? Uh, did Crash Band Crash never got his own show, but no. he had shorts that they used to put out with the games that you could download. Oh, I don't know about that. I know they had like the best commercials. Yeah, like you have a guy in a, in a Crash Bandicoot costume. Yeah, they were always saying hilarious. something ridiculous to piss somebody off. But oh, it was so good. <laughs> Classics. Um, what other video games did they do? TV shows based off of man, or even t they would do. I remember Biker Mice from Mars had a game based on the show. Yeah, and, and it was so good. Like they used to get. Oh, uh, Eek the Cat had a fucking oh, game. Oh, I loved Eek the Cat. Eek the yeah. Cat had a, such a good game. Like I love the '90s because it was a mashup of like any show There's was so game many, to be like, a game, and I any game ask, was game to be a show. I can ask somebody born in the early '90s. Do you remember Eek the Cat? And they'd be like, No. And I'm like, What about Eek the Cat and the Terrible Thunder Lizards? They're like, No. I'm like, What about Freakazoid? No. I'm like, Come oh, on, Freakazoid man. runs around do, in do, his do, underwear. Do, do. Freakazoid, Freakazoid. <laughs> Ah, shit. Yeah. How do we remember these things? And Eek the Cat, he had that lisp. He's like, sir, it never hurts to help. I like, love fuck, it. Oh. It was so good. Remember Bonkers? Oh, yeah. Oh, bonkers. the game Bonkers was oh, so yeah. hard. There was a yeah. game where you played him and you were a cop. You were do you remember fake there, cop. Was, there was an old uh, KFC mascot, uh, The Noid, and then they came out with a oh, game Oh, my God, that. a fucking game for him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, like there was just, it was such a pinnacle time for finding little gems Spot like that. Spot from 7-Up. The 7-Up Red Dot had his own had fucking its own game. game. Yeah. Fuck, man. I remember this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like some of the, if I really like, uh, and I bet you if we, if we, we had a machine and we could dig into the parts of our memory that all the marijuana and, and PTSD <laughs> from all the breakups, divorces, and children have given us, you know what I mean? And we could dig into the memories we've forgotten. Like there's probably a hundred games that you'd go to Blockbuster oh, and rent. I, as I said, Tiny Toon Adventures oh, had yeah. a fucking game, game where you would, you amazing. were treasure hunting some shit and you had to keep finding the little green guy, Go-Go. Yeah. And you were Buster Bunny. No, no, no. You, it was you for got, the Genesis. You got, you got to pick your characters. There, you, uh, there were so many different characters, and each player, each character had a different ability. No, in but, this one, you were just Buster. You could only be Buster. Oh, the blue and that guy. Was the Genesis. Then the I Genesis think. one that was a left, right, and it was tough. Okay, it was the. It was very Sonicy okay. in, in in how tough it was. But it was mystery. It was like Mario too. You get to certain levels, and you had to solve shit. Yeah. 
how do you get to this key that's on this the, side of the uh, screen? The on Super Nintendo, you get to pick your character. Buster jumped higher. Babs jumped further. Kind of like Mario Two style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean. And oh, dude, I haven't even talked about Donkey Kong Country. Do you remember when Donkey Kong Country, the first time you ever played oh, it? Yeah. Because it was the first game where instead of taking a pixelated avatar, it wasn't an avatar, it's the wrong word I'm using, but it was taking um, um, a sprite, pixel, pixels and sprites, and just plastering them against the background, they took a full 3D model, and they took the 3D model, and they rendered it, and then they put that in the, in the, in the environment. And yeah. that scrolled against you. And that's why yeah. the game had that unique look and feel. And then they some... Oh, dude, And the music beautiful. was phenomenal, too. Some, I would argue that the only franchise, the only franchise that can fuck with Sonic for music is the first like and, four and, Donkey okay, Kong so, games. So here's something, so here's Donkey something Kong weird, too, uh, games that I want to bring up. So when you're little and you hear something like Mario's Time Machine or Mario's Missing, and you're like... Who the fuck cares about this? It's it's like educational. But then as I got older, I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to go back and play those games because I really dig history. <laughs> it's funny too. I I agree. I played um, Mario Lost Levels there a little while ago mm. on, on on an emulator, and I was like, I was 12 years old again. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately, like, yeah. um, I was talking about Knights. So I I got this Saturn, and I was trying to find copies of Knights. So in my frustration, I'm on the PS now, and I search, and it's got a new, a rendered new version of the original game. So I'm playing that, and it was it was weird. It was very weird because that was like I said, that was a very short part of my life when I had that Saturn, you know, before the the 64 and the PlayStation took over because it just it wasn't, you know, the Dreamcast was where all the money was going. Yeah for Sega and I kind of ran out of games and they weren't carrying the games at Blockbuster. You know what I mean? It was kind of annoying. And I, I I was there. I was in that house, in that room, in in that exact point of my life when I was playing that Saturn, when I loaded up this stupid Knights game and there's an option in the Knights game where you can play it like new or you can play it with the old graphics. If you want, you can play it like the old version. So I clicked the old version just for, and it was still, it holds up. It held up okay. I I navigated around. Like I I could see where I was going. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, and it was weird because that's just one of those weird games. Not a lot of people played Knights. Yeah. But I did, and it was a huge deal for me. And it was it just took me back to that moment. You know All what right. I mean? One one game I have to mention just before we wrap up is because it was really iconic as a sports game is NBA Jam. You NBA Jam was good. Like, he's on fire. Three goals in a row. You fucking burn the mesh with the basketball. I played a lot of hockey on the SNES. The, the announce, what a brick. Like, it was so good that you had somebody calling out your shots, just two-on-two basketball. It was a lot of fun. Arcade was fun for NBA Jam, and the original game was fun. I haven't actually played, like, the 360 remake that came out. Need for Speed. Need for Speed. Another one you play? Yeah. And, I uh, remember the game's got a lot need for speed got a lot cooler later later I remember when franchise. the 64 came out and only game I had for it was Mario yeah and I would go and I rented need for speed because it was the only really other game that there was only six games out for the 64 when it was first released yeah. and I remember going and getting the the, the, the get that <laughs> I remember when I was young and uh, it would be like oh mom can we go and rent a game and it's like yeah okay we'll go and rent a game but this time your sister gets to pick because you picked last time. I'm like, oh. no, don't even bother. You know what? No, no. Let's just wait till no, next no, week. No, no, but it depended because like my sister would play stuff like the Barbie games, but she did like driving games. So oh, I'd be like, so hey, 50, 50. so like a driving game, like you like driving games. There's a new driving game that came out. You want to play like, like, uh, 
fucking mm-hmm. Days of Thunder. Yep. And Days of Thunder, like, it it sounds like, okay, shit, it's just NASCAR. But no, it's really cool. Like, your fucking tires wear out on you. Parts of your car fucking die on you. Gran Turismo And you stuff. have to stop in at the pit stop to repair all your shit and then take off to the race. The 90s were, oh, man, we got to do another... This 90s episodes went by. So all we talked about were movies <laughs> to and games. To be continued. Movies and games. That's all we got through. That's yeah. it. We didn't even get into fucking. Yeah, well, we touched on shows. But we didn't talk about politics. We didn't talk about. No. I wanted to talk a lot about much music and the influence oh, that yeah. it had. But yeah. we didn't even get into any of That'll that That'll be shit. a part two. We're going to do it. 90s <laughs> Remember part two. That. It's coming. Put a pin in that. Are we. What are we looking at for next week? I've been talking about our next Hot Ones reference episode or you know hot one style episode well, where we do I mean, wings I, I think we have to wait until we actually have the sauces to do that so once we have the sauces we'll do that we got to get her going we'll, we'll do it soon but i think uh next week we'll probably do the 2000s and then uh, maybe the week after we'll hit up the, the yeah. sauces we're gonna try but yeah. either way it's in the cards for the month of march between now and april i want to try and hit at least one more of those hot ones episodes because the sauces are coming but yeah, yeah. shot pot episode 22 in the bank 22 I want to thank everybody for tuning in, listening, having fun. We had a blast during this. All the nostalgic feelings talking about this. Ah, oh, I'm semi-hard just thinking about it. Oh, yeah. To be like, oh, do you remember consumers? And you're like, oh, I do remember. I do. Like, it's, it's do you remember cool the Sonic planet. toys from McDonald's in 93? Oh, I do. <laughs> All right. See you next week. Stay tuned.